Is 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 Ty coming? He's going to miss this part? Okay, then uh, let me uh, call to order the Indian Wells Housing Authority meeting of Thursday, September 12th. Um, we will have a roll call, please. Commissioner Mitchell? Here. Commissioner Fletcher? Here. Commissioner Hansen? Present. Commissioner Mullaney? Present. Commissioner Peabody? Vice Chair Mertens? Chair Roach? Here. If I can have a motion for excusal. I've so uh, moved that we excuse uh, uh, Mr. Peabody uh, and Mr. for Mertens. medical reasons. And Mr. Mertens. Oh, and I forgot about him. I, is he the one that's over there? Yeah, and Mr. Mertens. <laughs> <laughs> for non-medical reasons. For, non for vacationing reasons. Is, is there a second? There is a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, approval of the final uh, agenda. Are there any corrections or additions? Seeing none, we will approve those by acclamation. Approval of the uh, meeting minutes of June 20th and August 8th. Uh, without objection, uh, we will approve those by acclamation as well. Number four, public comments. Is there anyone in the audience who wishes to make a public comment? I don't have any. Seeing none, I'm going to forego reading that whole thing. Uh, five, general business. 5A, affordable housing projects. Uh, receive and file quarterly city affordable housing inspection reports, and that will be done by uh, Warren Morellian. Good afternoon, Madam Chairperson and members of the Housing Authority. On August 26th, staff inspected the senior housing facilities. The communities appeared in good condition at the time of the inspection with the exception of some site cleanup in process as a result of the rainstorm the day before. Yeah. Staff's main focus was to inspect the punch list items identified on the previous June 10th site inspection. <coughs> Excuse me. Most of the items appeared to be addressed with the exception of some landscape comments. NCOR informed staff that the reason the landscape comments were not addressed at, the, at that time <coughs> excuse me, was because they were hiring a new landscape company, and that wasn't going to happen until September 1st. Staff believes uh, that it is best with the, the company. <coughs> God, <coughs> excuse me. Got something in my throat there. You need some water? No, no, sir. To resolve the landscape comments, uh, comments once the new company is on board, so staff agreed with that. That way they can manage the new improvements and um, address those long term. The inspection results also show NCOR still needs to complete minor stucco and sidewalk improvements at the Indian Wells community. The only new item added to the community's punch list item was dying grass on the south end of the site. Minor stucco repairs were also needed at the Mountain View Villas community. However, there was no added punch list items at that time or at this time. Again, the goal of staff is to keep doing quarterly inspections that correspond with the Housing Authority meetings to provide ongoing updates to the board. So that concludes my update. I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. All right. Madam Mayor. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Yes, Warren. Were the residents in, in both of the facilities, the Indian Wells Village as well as Mountain View Villas, uh, were they aware of the inspection going on? Made aware of it, or the I didn't notify the residents. I'm not sure if the uh, ma the management company did. Staff did not notify the residents. We just worked it out with the management company themselves to walk this. Are, are you in a position to uh, make a comment relative to? how the residents accepted uh, such an inspection? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I would answer the best I can, but I haven't heard any um, input from any of the residents okay. regarding the inspection. Okay, uh, Mr. Hanson. Well, the follow-on, I have a couple questions, but follow-on to that question is, should we inform the residents that inspections are occurring and when they will be occurring? so that they can be informed. Well, my feeling towards that would be very positive because I think it's a very positive thing to show, you know, uh, the importance of maintaining these buildings, the pride that the city has in maintaining, you know, both locations, and I think the pride that individuals, and maybe Bob, and you could speak to it when you take an opportunity to do so, uh, take in where they're living, and I, I, I think it's something that they should be aware of, they should be aware of when it's happening, and uh, if at, a, at all they're asked to participate in a cooperative manner, you know, whether it's just simply opening a door, uh, they should be encouraged to do so. Uh, so uh, Do you agree with that? You I absolutely to... agree with yes, that, I and agree. I think we need to direct the city manager to give direction to uh, Warren to do exact, to inform the residents uh, of the inspection when it's going to occur, so that, okay? Uh, uh, before you go, go I have on, my question. I know, but because we're on that one subject, uh, okay. Okay. I'll come back to you. But um, I would like uh, to add that we um, at least evaluate whether we ask for their comments, because the inspection and looking through it looked like it was done from our vantage point, but maybe we need to have um, an opportunity for the residents to give their comments as well because it would have been nice to look at this and see what the residents are feeling about um, uh, the upkeep and maintenance and all that as well. I, I, I fully agree with you. I think we need to have resident input into the process and get their opinion. We've got your opinion on, on what it right. is, but you're, you're there whatever amount of time you are there to give the inspection. But I think we need to get resident input. I, I mean, we've had a lot of issues and questions, you know, by residents. But going uh, back, go ahead, I'm sorry. Bob, is your comment on that issue yes. too? All right. Yes, it is. Um, and and then Bobby. Okay. I would be inclined to agree because some of the residents have asked me things that perhaps if they had an opportunity to to expose whatever their concerns are or even their platitudes, it would be nice to know. Okay, Bob. I would think, um, Warren, that. Um, it would be advisable to have some residents attend as long as it's controlled and not become a gripe session, which so many times it has happened. Mm -hmm. And secondly, 
Would you, could you expand a little bit on the concrete work? Because if it's significant, I would like to make sure that the safety of the residents at the villas uh, is primary considered because there are a lot of them that are either on walkers or canes or whatever. Would you mind doing that, Warren? Sure. Um, when we went out to the Indian Wells Villas, we noticed that there was some sidewalk damage uh, that was existing at the facility. Staff had worked with the applicant to get some of it uh, grinded away so it would not cause an issue in terms of people in either wheelchairs or using canes and that sort of thing. After reviewing it from the last inspection till now, it didn't appear that they corrected all of the sidewalks that could have been corrected. There was a couple that were really damaged, so we recommended to the company that some of the sidewalks be replaced and then some could possibly be ground down to a uh, usable level. But at this point, we think it's going to be a combination of both that will occur. We'll do one that's, uh, or some that will be removed and replaced, and then some that will be continued to be worked on and ground down where they can be uh, manageable. Do you feel the safety of the uh, residents will be adequately taken care of by the contractor? Yes, uh, w that's that's my one of my biggest concerns in the inspection was the sidewalks Terrific. for the Indian Wells facility. The Mountain View Villas was looking good because it is a newer facility. Very good. Thank you, Warren. All right, Mr. Hanson. Uh, going back to your original report, when you they have a new landscape company as of September one, is it, have they been hired now? It's September twelfth. My understanding, 12th. they were hired as a. They do have yes. both facilities have, have they have a new landscape. Correct. You know, the, the concern, and for the city manager, uh, to give you a little historical perspective, uh, at Mountain View Villas uh, two years ago, we went in and rehabbed uh, a number of units over there. And at the same time they rehabbed all of those units, they removed all the vegetation off the east end of that facility. It has raised a number of complaints. There was a plan underway under Mr. Wood's direction uh, when he was the interim city manager to go in and correct some of that and put in more vegetation, put in additional flowers, possibly put in, get some greenery in the east end of the Mountain View Villas. Okay, that has not happened yet, uh, some two years later. Uh, uh, Mr. Wood thought, you know, uh, while some additional grass could be put in in spots. Uh, uh, some of the type of flower that was there, there the type of vegetation, uh, I think that needs to be examined and, and reported back to the housing uh, authority on the progress of that work that, that is, was supposed to get done and, and how it's supposed to get done. But clearly, if you go in there, it, it, it is a huge contrast, east end from the west end, uh, and, and the... Uh, the ambiance, if you will, of the of the two different ends of the facility. I and must, and I, it has been a big question. I must say Mr. Hansen brings up a point that uh, there is no end to comments about the difference between east and west, uh, more than geographic, and the fact that when the vegetation was taken out, uh, I believe there were promises made that it would start to look better, it doesn't. Well, in fact, the, 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 some of the few plants that they did plant around are now dying or have died since then. Now what 
flowers you did there's no longer yes so, no, no, so all you have now is a bunch of dirt lawns yes and as a matter gravel. of fact many uh, not maybe not many but some of the residents have put in their own flowers because they want it to look better and then that's that's raised concern with management I, I assume over there or at least allegedly raised concern of management people putting in their own vegetation so mm -hmm. but we, we need to, we need to delve into that look into that and come up with a plan but there's another observation because at the same time when this happened, uh, there was a big push to go green, you know, and conserve on water usage, et cetera. Uh, and there was talk about going desert in there, but it sounds like they went and took the desert concept a little too far. So, uh, but Instead I, of I, desert, it was deserted. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Allegedly. Yeah. All right. Patrick, if you remember that the Coachella Valley Water District gave the city 18 grand for the water system put in the Inner Wills Villas, and it has been superb in my judgment as a resident that that, that program has worked very effectively to, have, to keep the desert concept. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure all of you remember that. Yeah, thank you for that input. You're welcome. All right, anything else anyone has on that? No more. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for your report. That's received and filed. Thank you, Warren. Uh, item 5B, uh, oh. National Core uh, Renaissance Presentation, Community Status Updates for Indian Wells Villas and Mountain View Villas. And uh, we have the regional manager uh, here to do that. Good afternoon. Hi. I'm the asset manager for both um, Mountain View okay. Villas and Indian Wells Villas. And can you and give us your name? Alicia Bramble. Okay. And I just wanted to give you updates on the capital improvements that we have planned for 2013 and 2014. Okay. Um, at Mountain View Villas, we do have in the budget um, irrigation system upgrades and repairs. Um, we will be looking at painting the um, fencing around the perimeter. There is some rest spots, so we're going to be taking care of those rest spots and then painting the um, fencing. Um, we are looking at bids for painting the property, um, replacing the garage doors. Sometimes they get damaged or they malfunction, so we have also um, budgeted that, as well as HVAC units. Usually around um, April or May, a lot of the HVAC units go out, so we are budgeting to repair those and replace those. Um, at Indian Wells Villas, we are in the process of upgrading the security cameras um, as well as new computers for the community center. Um, and we are also looking at painting the property and replacing the HVAC units as well. That's all for next year, fiscal yes, year? for 2013 and 2014. That's wonderful. Sounds like uh, a lot is going on. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Is there anything else? Yes. Is, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Do you have any questions? I'm sorry. Do you have any questions? <laughs> do we have any vacancies? Uh, at India, uh, Mountain View Villas, there's one vacant. There's one vacant we're holding because we're moving a uh, resident into, uh, into that apartment because of repairs that are going to be going on in their apartment. So that's why we did not fill it. That's the only reason it's there. Indian Wells Villas? Indian Wells Villas is 100% lease. It's full. Okay. 
Okay, my name is uh, Mildred Makamure, and I'm the regional manager at uh, National Corps. So I have oversight over the day-to-day -day operations, mainly working with Morgana and Rob at uh, both properties. Um, on the previous question that was raised in terms of landscaping, there was uh, some replacement of plants, and it's an ongoing project that we have monthly. We have uh, plants that are being added, and I think the main reason why they had taken out some of the plants before, it was because of concerns about water saturation and also the sinking issue that was there before. So we'll definitely look into adding more plants, which and be maybe more, a little more aggressive to make sure that we fill in the gaps. On the resident, in, on the inspections that we do quarterly with Warren, currently we were not going into the residence units, and so that is why we hadn't been notifying them since we were not entering their own personal space. But we do have suggestion boxes that have been installed at both places. Should there be any um, additional suggestions that they have, I actually personally pick up any suggestions that come through in the suggestion boxes and make sure that I bring it on to the site to make sure we um, implement any requests that are there. On my update from the last meeting that we had, we've implemented a new telephone answering service, which I believe has been well taken by our residents. So 24 hours a day, if a resident calls with a concern, whether it's a maintenance emergency or just a work order that might not be an emergency they need to put in, they're able to speak to a live person. We feel that it boosts um, our customer relations because we have at least someone face a voice at the end of the telephone instead of just leaving a message in terms of the work that they need to do. We have scheduled monthly meetings with Warren, and those are ongoing. We feel that they have been going well to keep him appraised of uh, what's going on at the communities and to also get feedback from him if there are any concerns that um, the city might have on a monthly basis. We did implement the quarterly inspections. So far we've done two already, and we feel that those are going well as well. Um, and then lastly, from suggestions that actually come from our suggestion boxes, we had our residents request for window washing. We did go ahead and secure some bids. Window washing for the exterior windows has been completed at Indian Wells Villas for all our apartments, and we'll be scheduling it for Mountain View Villas before the end of this month. So we feel that uh, we are trying to make good progress in terms of uh, maintaining our resident relations. Do I have any questions? I, I have. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a question. Go first. <laughs> I, I wish to give you kudos on the telephone answering service uh, because it, it is operating very, very well. Uh, on behalf of the Mountain View Villas, I'd like to know in terms of uh, you indicated during 2013 some of the landscaping would be changed, improved, or that. Is that ongoing now? Currently, it was ongoing, even with the previous uh, landscaper that we had. They were adding a few plants every month. Mm -hmm. Maybe it just was not as aggressive as we would want it to be, but it has been ongoing. Does that, is that going to be inclusive of uh, perhaps adding plants or vegetation to uh, some of the areas that seem somewhat barren. Barren. That is correct. That is the plan to make sure that we fill all the open areas because we did notice that we still have some areas that are still open. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Mullaney. Yes. Uh, mine's in connection with the, uh, uh, the telephone mm -hmm. uh, contact person. 
Now, if let's say a resident uh, at two o'clock in the morning had a medical problem mm -hmm. and call that number, would the, would the person that would be on the other end be on site or in a remote location? They are in a remote location. In the case where it's a 911 emergency, we do advise the residents to call 911. If they happen to call the office, the person who answers the phone will also um, ask them to call 911 because they don't do medical emergencies, just uh, mainly on-site, other on-site emergencies. I think that's a very good addition that you've added to the community because Sometimes the young people panic or stuff like that. And exactly, and they just need, need the, the reminder. Direction. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Mr. Mitchell. Uh, young lady, listen. Um, is the contract for the window washing an annual event? I've been asked that question by a number of the residents at the villas. Or is it going to be a semi-annual? Or is it going to be at your determination? At this time, it is an annual event, and should the budget allow, we might look into adding it to be semi-annual. That, that was my understanding, that it, because of the budget restrictions, it could very well be only an annual. Correct. Very good. Thank you. All right. Um, I have a couple of comments. Um, you went through, uh, I thought, a very interesting list of um, the improvements you're going to do, maintenance and improvements for next year. Is that posted on site so the residents can see uh, what you are planning on doing? I would think that would help, uh, particularly our two representatives, uh, to have it at least posted so the residents can see, okay, in the 2013-14 year, all of these um, uh, items are going to be addressed. Okay. And um, is that all right with everybody? I think, I think that's, that's, that's okay. very good. Yeah. All right. And then secondly, um, going back to um, the previous discussion and also your discussion on the comments and suggestions and how you're addressing those, again, um, our two representatives get a lot of the complaints, but I'm thinking uh, since you are keeping track of those and you are trying to deal with those, uh, would it be appropriate for you to actually do a running list and what the status is and whether you've contacted those and get it to um, this uh, authority, particularly for our two resident people so they know uh, when uh, questions come up that they can answer them that you have either taken care of this or you're addressing it or it's on the docket to be addressed, something uh, in their hands, in our hands, so that we know what is being done. Okay, definitely. Bob? It's my understanding, Mary, that questions regarding, let's say, the landscaping or the pool or whatever at the villas uh -huh. is not in our purview. That we well, are, it's not in your authority. It is are. not, uh, and that's correct. Right. Encore uh, takes care of that, but right. I'm just thinking for... Uh, the knowledge of this committee and for being able to say this is being addressed, that uh, it's no different than city council being able to say, uh, while we're not dealing with Highway 111, if we know what's really going on, because the residents ask us, and I assume that they ask the, the two that, of you. That is correct, and it's an excellent point, because Absolutely. it would really cut out a lot of going back and forth of people really not knowing what's going on. They might ask me if they see me or, uh, or put a call in, and if I have that information, I'd love to be able to pass it on. 
right? So, so if I may, it's not, Bob, uh, it, it, the issue is not for you individually, no. but the issue is for the full housing authority. Right. So we, you know, uh, that's why the, the mayor said, bring it to the housing authority, yes. not to each of you. Right. And then the housing authority will, will be informed and then at that point, everyone in the city will be informed because of, of will outstanding be idea. I, I, okay, I thought I understood Mary to right. say, uh, in addition to the housing authority, if there, if there is some opportunity to just mention it to Bob or myself, it would be helpful. That's all. Yes. Well, the list should come to all of us. Yes. But it, it, because you're on the front line, so to speak. It gives you the information and wherewithal to be able to possibly answer a question. Um, I, I think it just makes everything run smoother. Also, um, being um, being on uh, the authority um, and being in a position that people ask us uh, questions, all of us. Um, it is so much better to be informed on what's transpiring. And for instance, we talked a lot about landscape today. We need to, you know, it would help us to know that that is the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues that's happening over there. And if we don't get those comments uh, or know how many there are, how often they're coming in, then we can't do our job in, um, in oversight. And it, it's not our job to to direct it, but we certainly need to know the information. So. Excellent idea, Mary. Thank okay. you. Uh, is there anything else? Any other questions of, of NCOR? No? Seeing none, thank you for being here and thank you for your presentation. Thank you. Number six, executive director's comments and matters from staff. Are there any? No report. I have. Oh, oh. Mrs. Ms. Fletcher. I'd like to, to make an inquiry about the current status of what used to be, I call it a former set-aside preference with regard to Mountain View Villas and the, uh, the Indian Wells Villas with respect to former residents of the city uh, which used to be adhered to in terms of applying for residents in the senior units. Uh, it is my understanding that that set-aside is no longer applicable. Is, um, and I don't know whether Kevin or Warren might uh, know, do we still have a list, a priority list, uh, that uh, allows residents to be the highest priority and then relatives of residents. We used to have a list that went uh, XXXX. Is it my understanding that that's no longer there? No, there is a list. We do currently provide the preference to the Indian Wells residents and there's, there's basically two lists, Indian Wells residents and then the general public and then they go off the Indian Wells list first. So there is a priority list in place. And it's just Indian Wells residents? Well, that's the priority there. There's residents outside of the city and Indian Wells, but Indian Wells residents have the priority to get into the senior housing facilities. Okay. Uh, so Mr. that's Deitch. still applicable. Correct. Thank you. Mr. Deitch. Uh, chairperson and board members, actually there are legal implications to this, and it may no longer be permissible under the Federal Fair Housing uh, mm -hmm. Act 
and other statutes, including the state's uh, statutes. Um, it used to be when we first built or acquired the units that there could be a weighted uh, manner of giving preference to Indian Wells residents or others for that matter. Uh, that probably is no longer the case. I see. So I don't think uh, the Housing Authority should assume that that is defensible at this point in time. All right, so if, if um, I would say we probably need a more definitive decision on that, that uh, we either need to have a yeah, list or we is. don't, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I, can you follow through on that for us? We certainly can, and I also believe uh, National Corps itself uh, may have some legal advice from its own legal counsel regarding that issue. Fine, can we have a report on that at our next meeting, please? Sure. Right. Thank you. Any, Thank you. Any other uh, uh, executive? What do we call ourselves? Executive Bob. directors, comments. I have, I have only one uh, comment, and I and will try to do it as rapidly as I can because it's almost it is 1:30. Um, I had an epiphany the other the other night about um, Anna. Would you point out the property? Um, this is where the where the lawn parking is for the Inwells Tennis Gardens. Mm -hmm. During the during the uh, uh, tournament, it is really quite warm, and my thought was that since Larry Ellison, as I understand it, is very much into green uh, concepts, that the city council would I would like them to consider talking to the to the owners of the uh, Parabas Open, particularly Raymore, if they would consider putting um, solar panels over that uh, structure, even though it is sod farm now, I believe enough light would come through. It would also allow the residents to, I mean, the, um, the, those people that attend the tournament to have shade before they walk out to the mile to the tournament. Our public safety is here. Welcome. And finally, I believe that the panels would generate enough electricity to power the entire Tennis complex. Um, I would like to just, just throw it out to the council to see whether or not they would consider that at all. And uh, that's my presentation, Marion. Thank you. All right. Uh, I think that's been heard by staff. And I guess when uh, oh, good. when there's some negotiation, uh, they can decide whether that's an important thing to bring up or not. Uh, okay. Great. Any other executive director comments? Seeing none. Um, we will adjourn uh, at this point to a regularly scheduled meeting of the Indian Wells Housing Authority to be held on 1.30 uh, at December 19th in the City Hall Chambers. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank take, you very much. Thank you. Take just a few minutes um, before we go into our City Council meeting.
My luck will probably have a dust cloud <laughs> in Phoenix. have another Well, nice and tall, Patrick. I'm higher than you. It's <laughs> good, my fat ass. Make sure my phone's off. He's taking very seriously. Yeah, I feel great. I really do. That's I feel wonderful. great. Yeah. Sorry, I came over and. We should rub off. <laughs> Good afternoon. I'll call the uh, September 12th meeting of the City Council to order, please. Uh, at this time, we will have the Pledge of Allegiance. Adele Rustin, will you lead us in the pledge? Take roll call. Councilmember Hansen? Uh, present. Councilmember Mullaney? Present. Councilmember Peabody? Present. Mayor Pro Tem Mertens? Mayor Roche? Uh, here. I uh, move to excuse uh, Councilmember Mertens. All right. Is there a second? I'll second. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Madam Mayor, yes. if I may, and I don't know if you have anything. Uh, on the agenda, but uh, I think we should take a moment and and honor uh, the victims of 9/11. Today is 9/12, but yesterday was a solemn day in America. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've had to meet since then, and if we could take a moment of silence and honor those victims. Of Thank you for bringing that up. I think that's very appropriate. If you'd all join with me in in um, giving our own personal thanks to those who uh, lost their lives uh, in America on uh, September 11th. Thank you. All right, thank you very much. It's appropriate to have some of our firefighters with us today. Approval of the final agenda. Are there any corrections or addictions to the agenda? Seeing none, uh, we will approve those by acclamation without objection. Approval of meeting minutes. Uh, we have meeting minutes of August 1st, August 7th, August 7th, August 8th, and August 8th. Um, unless someone wants to pull those out, uh, without objection, we will approve all of those by acclamation. Seeing none, it is so done. Number four, proclamations and presentations. Uh, proclamation for uh, October 2013 is Fire Prevention and Mini Muster Month in the City of Indian Wells. And here to receive the proclamation, our firefighter paramedic, Raman, Sessi and firefighter paramedic Kyle Parday. Would you come forward? <clears throat> Could you tell people? Uh, I don't know that that is mine. Is oh, okay. Me to All right. Okay. <clears throat> 
Hi there. Hi. Thanks for being here. Uh, whereas the month of October, the Eastern Division of the Riverside County Fire Department, California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, Fire Station Number 33 and Number 55, the Historical Society of Palm Desert, and the Desert Suns Unified School District are engaged in training third grade children from Indian Wells in fire prevention and public safety through a unique program called the Mini Muster. And whereas Mini Muster is in its 21st year, amazing, 21 years, of presentation at Gerald Ford Elementary School, Abraham Lincoln Elementary School, and George Washington Charter School. Anyway, I'm just going to um, go on down. These children have taken their knowledge into thousands of homes and will continue to share their expertise in fire safety with many other boys and girls in our city. So... We are designating this as Fire Prevention Month, and thank you very much for being here. Would you care to say something? Yes. <laughs> no. no. All right. No. Nothing to say. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You're the worker bees. You you just go out and do the job for us, and we certainly thank that. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for training our students. Uh, Mayor Roach. Uh, but we do have an, in our audience today one of the founders of the Mini Muster, Adele Rexton. Uh, she, along with uh, Danny Callahan and his wife, uh, helped, f didn't, did you not? They ran it for many years. <laughs> and you're still, still she's <laughs> still helping run it. Would you stand up, please, and uh, be acknowledged uh, for the efforts? Thank you. It's an amazing um, sight to see when you uh, are invited to go to one of the many musters because they, uh, the things that they put the young people through in understanding uh, how to deal with fire, how to get out of windows, how 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 to do X and X and X. It's a it's a day long program, uh, which is fun for the for the youngsters but it also is really educational and stays with them for the rest of their life. So thank you for all of you who participate and have brought it to our students. All right, at this point we move on to number five, public comments. Take a breath before this long two paragraphs. All persons wishing to address the city council should fill out a blue public comment request form in advance and hand it to the city clerk. At the appropriate time, please come forward to the podium and state your name for the record. Speakers are limited to three minutes. Parties are encouraged to submit their comments in writing with any attachments or exhibits they wish for the council to review, preferably 24 hours prior to the meeting. Speakers can use their three minutes to summarize the key points of their comments. Please note that you may address the city council on an agenda item at the time it is discussed, but only after being recognized. Under the Brown Act, the Council should not take action on or discuss matters raised during the public comment portion of the agenda, which are not listed on the agenda. Council members may refer such matters to staff for factual information or to be placed on a subsequent agenda for consideration. Notwithstanding the foregoing, council members and staff 
may briefly respond to statements made or questions posed during public comment as long as such responses do not constitute any deliberation of the items. Uh, public comments. We have uh, first Bob Mitchell. Thank you, Mayor, Council Members, um, staff, um, guests. Bob Mitchell, 74812 Village Center Drive in uh, Indian Wells. I would like to thank the Council and Warren for the outstanding uh, job in allowing the window washing to be completed at the Indian Wells Villas. Uh, I would say 99% of the people are happy uh, with that. Uh, had a couple comments that they would perhaps have preferred the money be spent elsewhere, but um, they were able to do their own windows, and there are a significant number of people at the villas who are not able to do that. And in my judgment, the, um, the, the crew that did the work uh, did an outstanding job, and I, uh, on behalf of the villas and certainly myself, I am I'm very thankful um, secondly, I, um, I lost a really very dear friend um, here just uh, September 11th. He, he fell and cracked his head and, and broke three vertebrae and paralyzed himself. Uh, we've been uh, friends since uh, high school, and my point of bringing this up only is to uh, ask the people to really be careful in their walking. He, he happened to fall in his kitchen, broke his vertebrae and became paralyzed, was a very active young man, and I'm going to really, really miss him. But the point is really be careful when we're walking, particularly people of my age, uh, tripping and falling. Uh, uh, Ty, you had a similar problem here, and um, <laughs> perhaps you could speak of experience, but thank you very much again for the window washing. Thank you. It's always nice to um, hear our residents uh, applaud our staff for the work they've done, so thank you for that. Uh, next, Adele Ruxton. Well, I guess you figured out now I live in Indian Wells. And um, by the way, the mini-muster for Ford School is on October the 8th. starts about 9 o'clock in the morning and will run past noon. Uh, lunch is on the school. So if any of you audience or uh, staff, council, wish to come over, prepare to be wet, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Mayor... Uh, Mary Roach, members of the City Council and City staff. Uh, this is from Adele Ruxton, the president of the Indian Wells Historic Preservation Foundation. And this is regarding items to be remembered in the city of Indian Wells. This is kind of just a reminder because we've been months since I've been here or anybody from the organization has talked about any of these items. Now that the long, hot, and humid summer is hopefully coming to an end, it is time to remind the city of a few things still on the back burner. Number one, to date, the long-discussed Carl Bray site still has no memorial. We of the Indian Wells Foundation are wondering when this item will be returning to the forefront. Since there is an obligation to work with the Indian Wells Foundation on placing a memorial to Carl Bray's artistry and residency, we are anxious to hear from you soon. This should be done before the pile of dirt on Highway 111 has become a complete wonderment to the eyes of our most recent residents and the many folks who simply pass by. 
it has probably puzzled quite a few people already. Number two, a number of Indian Wells residents have brought to my attention that their homes are or are reaching the age of 50 years. Since it's been told that Indian Wells has many of the best mid-century homes in this valley, both by the Palm Springs Art Museum, as well as the Historical Society of Palm Desert, we wonder if some recognition for this fact might be forthcoming from the city of Indian Wells. Grant Silvernail, owner of a Sandpiper home, addressed the city council regarding this issue at a meeting a few months ago. His home, by the way, was done by Willem Kreisel of the, um, the architect firm of William Kreisel, etc. Number three. With an ordinance in place in Indian Wells regarding historic presentation, Cultural Resource Preservation Ordinance Number 574, it is time to take a look at what was written in 2005 and to spend some time reevaluating what was approved then. You need to think very seriously about adding the Mills Act which in turn would give individual home and business owners a chance to apply for federal grants to maintain and preserve both important buildings as well as early sites to enable a lasting legacy for the city. Please bear in mind that Indian Wells has a very important history, not only in regards to its early settlers, but it was the beginning of the date industry in the entire Coachella Valley. Think, too, of establishing a historic preservation commission for Indian Wells. We're one of the few cities without. Number four. And then there is the need for better housing. And this is in reference, <coughs> excuse me, to the archival memorabilia in storage at City Hall and elsewhere. I have the resurrected newspaper about cityhood, 1967, in mind as a prime example. It was given to me some years ago, folded many times, I might add, and was told, Adele, it's yours. Adele, you're going to have to wrap it up if you okay. want. Uh, quickly, it was stuffed in a box, folded many times, and rolled with a piece of uh, string or um, rubber band. This is all I, I just want to remind you that this is getting expensive and it is getting something that we can't do for you anymore, but we will try. We've, been, we've tried to uh, preserve the best that we can do, but I'm encouraging you now to set up a committee to discuss the matter. I will really quickly... The Palm Desert Historical Society will be having an exhibit on Carl Bray the end of the month, which will go into October. Uh, the easels and paints, et cetera, of Carl Bray will be on display, and I urge you to attend. I'll be sending you more information on that. Yes. Thank you, all of you, for listening. Hopefully, we will be in touch as soon as possible. Thank you, Adele. Madam Mayor, don't we have something coming up on a future agenda? Did I see that? Yes, on the Carl Bray, we, we have something um, on the money put aside. We've also um, asked um, our planning director to look at adding the Mills Act uh, because that's a step that has to be done. 
Those should be in process, are they not? Okay. That should be part of the uh, goals and objectives of the city manager when you're looking at those, city right. manager. We keep adding stuff on your list, don't we? We just keep adding stuff, but he, he's, got a, he's got big shoulders. He can handle it. Well, that's true. He does. All right, that's all I have uh, on blue slips. Does anyone else wish to address the council? Seeing none, we move on. Are there any responses to prior, uh, prior public comments? I didn't think there were. Okay. We move on to number six, ordinances for adoption. A, 2008-14 housing element. Finding no further sequel review is required due to the city's certifications of general plan EIR and approval of housing element addendum. Adopt ordinance amending municipal code to update various portions in support of 2008-14 housing element. This is for adoption, so we've already brought it forward. All I need is a, a motion to adopt. Move, Move to, to adopt. adopt. I have a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Number seven, consent calendar. All mass... All matters listed on the consent calendar are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one vote. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless members of the city council or audience request that specific items be removed from the consent calendar for separate discussion and action. If you wish to address the city council, again, please fill out the public comment re request form and hand it to the city clerk. Uh, we have... Um, 7A and 7B. Does council, anyone on council wish to pull any item? I, I, no, but I do have a question uh, as it, prior to giving approval. City manager, have you looked at these over and, and, and when, when we get these, do, is this based on your approval of all the expenditures? These are reviewed by the finance uh, director and they're based on his recommendation. So they don't get to you before they come to us. They just come directly to us. That's right. It's a question I've never asked before, and yes. I was just wondering about that. Yes, that's right. So it comes directly from him and not, not to Yes. You. Okay. Thank you. I move to approve. Uh, uh, let me ask it if anyone in the audience wishes to pull an item or discuss an item. All right. Seeing none. Now, go ahead. Okay. I make a motion to approve the consent. All right. Is there a second. second? All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Um, motion carries unanimously. General business, 8A, revised golf course budget. Approve the revised fi uh, fiscal year 2013-14 golf resort operating budget. I believe, Kevin, you're going to start. I'm going to start. Thank you. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor, members of the City Council. Uh, it's a great deal of work that's got us to this point today. Uh, the budget, as you know, is being revised uh, and presented to you today had its very origins uh, more than nine months ago. Uh, with the recent closure of the redevelopment agency and, in, and its elimination, the city council and the city as a whole had looked strategically at how the golf course operations would continue long term. Historically, capital replacements at the golf resort were, were purchased and made by the city's former redevelopment agency. With that eliminated, staff had to develop and with council a new mechanism to achieve this level of funding. 
as part of the long-term capital plan, yeah. City Council directed staff working with our partners at Troon to develop a plan that would not only achieve a net operating surplus in the future, but would deliver all of the capital assets, be able to survive all of that, and would not uh, no longer be a burden on the city's general fund. To do that, Troon developed a multi-tiered approach. The most important thing out of this approach was to develop a long-term capital replacement model. In performing this model, Troon would then realize what was the annual amount necessary to create a sinking fund, much like the city does for its capital replacements. In doing this, we've prepared the draft. We're not at completion yet, but currently we are estimating between $450,000 to $600,000 a year are needed to, in order to have a long-term capital replacement schedule at the golf resort. From there, Troon decided to look at all of the opportunities in which we could grow revenue at the golf resort. Immediately, Troon recognized food and beverage as its best medium. When we look at the budget for the golf resort, we see that with the development of the new program, which would allow the food and beverage facilities to increase by 2250000 which incurred the remodeling of the dining room, the cafe, and the construction of an outdoor pavilion. These opportunities would generate approximately $1,600,000. Truen also recognized that there was additional $400,000 in revenue that could be gleaned through continued golf operations and revenue opportunities there. In the first year of operations, Truen expects golf course operations to be profitable with $239,000 in net operating income. This, this recognizes about six months of implementation to the plan. Once we uh, develop a full year's implementation, which would occur in the following fiscal year, net income should start at around 520000 a year and grow. This is very significant in that it meets all of the long-term capital man demands that the Council originally placed on Troon. When we looked at all of the key assets, all this statistical data driving this, we wanted to make sure and verify with our partners at Troon that there wasn't any opportunity for wild growth. We wanted to verify the budget. When we look at the statistical data that's on the schedule before you, we see no huge marked up increase in the average daily rate of rounds, banquets, covers, and so on and so forth. So what's driving the success? The success is being driven by additional covers or additional folks coming through. And those opportunities exist because as we increase the, the floor space and the uh, chairs uh, and so on and so forth, we're able to have additional covers. Also, the outdoor pavilion will have grow as well. So with that, that concludes my presentation of it. Uh, Steve Rosen and the partners from Troon are here to answer any of your more technical questions, and staff is available as well. All right. Any questions, uh, comments? Mr. Yeah, let Levi. me go back to the budget, if, if I could, the, that you had there. Uh, which is the zero base budget? The zero base budget started out right here. So in the uh, zero base was the actual uh, fiscal year 2012-2013 base. Okay. 
And so that's the zero base budget there, correct? That's correct. Right. And I think, I think that what you pointed out needs to be pointed out is that the capital expense requirements coming down the road over the next five years, if we didn't look to make these improvements, we would be fairly significantly in the hole. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, uh, without a significant investment by the city to increase food and beverage, uh, the golf course would not be profitable next year, nor would it be able to meet its long-term capital demands. Okay. Uh, is, is Steve, Steve, are you over here? Could you come up for a minute? Maybe you could give us a, a status of where we are on the plan with the pavilion and, and where you are on budget versus actual on those two, just as an overview. Absolutely. Uh, at present, we are on schedule. Uh, we have just completed submission, I believe, as of today, if I'm not mistaken, of all plans. Uh, so we are on schedule. We are hopeful to be able to break ground from a grading perspective and start the process for the pavilion mid-September. So everything seems to be on, on plan with regards to the structure. Uh, everything is on time as it pertains to the restaurant as well, upstairs, cafe as well. In fact, I just had a construction meeting this morning with uh, Watkins Landmark Construction. And we are on budget, on time, on plan. Have you got the cafe um, sketches yet? I do on my desk. I, I, I have them present. They still need a little tweaking, and I, I probably will have those by end of day today, so you'll really have a good pictorial of what that will look like. Okay. The last question involves three things. Where are you on your menus for each facility? And then where are you on your staff hiring, and when do you think you'll be completed to have the proper staff necessary to be involved with these changes. Mm -hmm. Menus are complete at this point for each one of the venues. Uh, I believe that council was presented, I think, with a, with a packet. So menus have been established with regards to us kicking those in um, in October. And I do believe that uh, our staffing plan from a timeline perspective as well as part of that, as well as training, and all that would facilitate bringing on the restaurant as well as the cafe will, hiring-wise, we're in process, will take place and has actually begun, but will we'll, uh, end by uh, mid-October. And what's your anticipated date to have everything completed? For the restaurants within the actual resort itself, um, our completion date is shooting for uh, October the 28th for all furniture uh, to be in and done by then, which is our longest lead item. And from a completion standpoint for the pavilion structure out on the lawn, we're anticipating a, uh, contractually, we're anticipating a completion, substantial completion date by December the 10th. Okay. And I just want to congratulate you because we've put a lot of pressure on you to get these things done in a short period of time, some of the things you've already done, like Sunday night, Monday night, Monday night we were never open before, and Saturday night basically it's standing room only. So I want to congratulate you where you are. I'll give you my sim heads up that time is short. you got basically 60 days to get everything done. 
So just keep at it because you guys are doing a good job. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I have to interject here. I, I apologize. I should have said something earlier. Um, Mr. Peabody had shoulder surgery yesterday. I want you to know he had it yesterday, and he's here on the dais today. So we thank him for his tenacity and dedication, and uh, uh, and, and that's why he is uh, in a tire that allows him to not move his arm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I just that, that's not a straight jacket we put him in. <laughs> Darn it! I thought we had him in a straight jacket over there. Mm. At any rate, thank you for being here, Todd. Thank you. All right, any other uh, questions or comments? I would only like to add my compliments uh, to, the, uh, to the staff at the Indian Wells Golf Resort. You guys have done a great job, the presentations, uh, everything you've done. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll hold off on my full congratulations on December the 10th when that <laughs> building is up. <laughs> but I think, I think you'll meet those, those target dates. and. I tell you, from a, a, a personal point of view and a witness, uh, you know, we had spent a lot of the summer in San Diego, came back uh, last week, uh, and uh, went, first of all, to the Saturday night uh, dinner uh, for the prime rib. The, there wasn't an empty seat in the house. Uh, it was unbelievable. The food was fantastic. Uh, we dropped by on Sunday after an afternoon party, and that wine and cheese special you got for 25 bucks it's got to be the best deal in the valley. Uh, and there again, there was not an empty seat in the house. Uh, we then wanted to uh, check out the music on, on Monday night and was over there, and there was not an empty seat in the house. So whatever you're doing, you're doing a fantastic job. It's great. Keep it up. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Mr. Mulaney. Well, after that overwhelming praise of you, I'd like to kind of visit the, a darker part of the, <laughs> oh, no. the picture, but uh, it won't be bad. Uh, and the darker part is uh, I'm very curious as to uh, where we're going with the uh, change of name or potential change of name. Now, there's a lot of perceptions out there is that there's a camp of people that say, we're the IW Club. Stick with it, all right? Uh, there's a lot of people out there that says, well, the IW Club sounds a little snooty. Uh, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, an IW Club that gives the connotation of it being, you know, private, so to speak. Uh, and I do know that you've brought in a company to do a research. Well, that, that's the area I'd like to throw a little light into. Where are we? Are we still... Uh, in the process of selecting a new name, do we still want residents involved in submitting, you know, names that they might suggest would be good ones? Uh, I had my neighbor next door suggest a name that, quite honestly, I would be embarrassed to uh, mention today here on the council. Scratch? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll double check. That one's taken. It was worse. It was Cougars. <laughs> But uh, uh, very good. Uh, maybe you could bring us up to date on that. Uh, well, partial on that. We, you're, you are correct. On our last presentation, we did to council. Uh, we came forward, and, and it was determined that we would go out to a professional company. 
uh, FG Creative has been hired in an effort to be able to assist us in the process of the marketing aspects of it as well as the naming aspects of it. Where we are currently is it's in formulation. We don't have anything to present thus far, but they've uh, moved forward. I think they're down to a select few, and I do believe that city staff sent out to all residents um, an email blast that went out, I think a, a couple, few times, if I'm not mistaken, Nancy had sent out, and requesting input uh, from residents as well. We're, we're not at the point where we have any final selections to be able to present, but we're getting close. Thank you. Yes, I think it's on listed on one of our future agendas, uh, and I don't remember if it's uh, October 1st or the 12th that you're supposed October 3rd, yeah, uh, it's on there. Uh, all right. Um, Do we need any action by the council? The budget. Just a second, please. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's my turn. You, you always want to rush things. Um, uh, I certainly sat down with, with the, uh, the GM and uh, had a full packet of everything that, that is being presented, and maybe you were gone and didn't have that opportunity, um, and uh, had good reports about all of the changes you've made so far, and it sounds like uh, your nightly specials and what you're doing there has uh, greatly increased the food and beverage. So, uh, And I think this analysis, financial analysis, is great, so I applaud you on all of that. And um, one thing that, that one date you didn't give that you gave to me was that uh, you are looking forward to booking the new banquet facility as of January 1. You are correct. Okay. Uh, so while it's finished in, the, in, in mid-December, uh, mid, uh, the booking is not going to occur until then. And uh, we were talking uh, about having some sort of... Um, uh, opening, grand opening or something for our residents. We haven't set a date yet. But at any rate, uh, thank you for all your hard work. It looks like everything's going well. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, and at this point, we do need a motion to accept the 2013-14 Golf Resort Operating Budget. I'll move. As, oh, oh. Go ahead, Mr. Thank you. I'll move to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> approve the 2013-14 Golf Resort Operating Budget. Thank you. I need a second. I'll second. I'll allow Mr. Peabody Oh, thank to you for allowing I'll second. <laughs> All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries unanimously. Uh. Um, we have um, a request to break into the agenda here, which I'm going to honor uh, on a, a public comment. Uh, the person was detained uh, for unforeseen reasons. Um, Don Baker, uh, is that all right, Steve, if I open up public comments again? We'll open up public comments again, Don Baker, please. Well, thank State you, ma'am. Thank name. you, Madam Mayor, for, uh, I apologize for uh, being late, and, uh, but when you're an individual entrepreneur, you know, and you have to close your store, it's hard to, kind of hard to make arrangements. And I um, also want to congratulate you, uh, Ty, for your tenacity, and uh, it seems like you'll do anything to have to not make margaritas or something, right? So I guess that any anything you can not do. Wear a tie. Anything you can do. Well, I stopped doing that myself. Actually, um, I'm coming before you. In uh, most of our people that, that are individual entrepreneurs in the 
one shopping center in Indian Wells are not able to come because we all have to stay there and uh, keep our stores open. So uh, compliments and uh, the jeweler and the clothing store and myself and Village Inscriber and Jan's Kitchen Kitchen and the optometrist, I've sort of been elected to speak for them and myself. This has been absolutely devastating. You cannot even imagine. Now you can, we can't go away for the summer. No problem. I wish I could. I used to be able to go away for the summer when I was retired. I can't <laughs> right now. We have to, and we are absolutely dying. And we're getting no help from anybody. All we're getting is radio, television, newspapers. We were on the front page of the newspaper, Avoid Cooking 111. We're on the radio every day when people say, Avoid Cooking 111. We're dying. We're absolutely dying. Everybody in it. We've had days where there's been nobody in the shopping center. Now, I know, I understand that uh, from the uh, construction head is that uh, they, they have a rather substantial incentive to get done early. We get no incentives from anybody. We die. I spent 40 years in the supermarket business, and my last years in the corporate world, being the president of Super, uh, uh, Stater Brothers Markets, that's a whole different deal when you have other stores to, uh, to rely on. We have nothing. All of us are dying together in our little shops there. We don't see anybody. We don't see any of you there. We don't see anybody shaking our hands. We don't see anybody giving us any encouragement. Nobody's doing anything. We don't, what we, why don't we see a little ad in the paper saying that businesses are open in our one shopping center in, in Indian Wells? We don't see that. I'm sorry, but it's, it's very, it's very disappointing to all of us that, uh, our city goes, I'm, I'm sure the project, I'm sure it's gonna be wonderful when it gets done. It's gonna be absolutely wonderful. Of course it's, it's behind, because my understanding was when I came here in the spring that it was gonna start in May. Was that right or wrong? Well, I believe it did start, uh, no. with the utilities. Well. Well, certain things started. But it was, uh, it was supposed to be started, it was supposed to be done by the end of the summer, but now we're told, November, we're already into a, we already lost a fairly good month, you know, of, of, of October if we don't get it, if it's not done. So anyway, the bottom line is we're just dying. What we're going to ask to do is at least, if you can do nothing else, uh, we're going to have a, uh, we have through our PR firm that uh, works through the landlord, we have a monthly event. We're starting in October. But the one in November, what we're going to propose, we're going to ask the city to do is to make it a re-grand opening for the center and to do something big. I don't know. We don't have any details of that, but uh, obviously uh, I, th I think it's a great idea to have a re-grand opening for the IW Club. But why don't we have a re-grand opening for the center of, uh, of Indian Wells, where it's the only shopping center in Indian Wells. It's the only place to go. And uh, we're, we can put together a package of retail that will be that will be good, but we need the city's backing to uh, to to do the, the the things that I've done many times in, in supermarkets around the, uh, the Southern California. We need city support. We need help. We need ribbon cuttings. We need radios. We need some advertising help. None of us can afford advertising on our own. It's just a problem. So that's what we're asking you to do, and I uh, we're, we're hoping that you'll respond positively to that. Well, thank you for coming forward. Uh, we know it's uh, it's fairly devastating to all of us out there, and um, it was something that had to be done. And certainly, we 
we changed our plans, uh, our public, old public works director wanted to do it starting last November, and we as a council said absolutely not, that it has to be done in the summer. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how else uh, you do a project of this magnitude without um, uh, the inconvenience. We hoped it would be, uh, or we planned it for the, the least um, significant time for your businesses, but I like your idea, and certainly, uh, Nancy, uh, uh, can you get together with these people and see what we can work on? And absolutely, I think that's a great idea to do a, a, a scheduled reopening, and, and, and I think that uh, we can do as much as we can. Uh, it'll have to be through Nancy's department uh, to see what we can do to... Um, Help, help bring the center back and revitalize it. Well, I'm not saying, uh, Madam Mayor, that uh, the project people aren't doing a good job. I mean, they're, I, from what I can tell, I, I was, uh, I was going to be a pretty heavy critic at first because, uh, you know, there, I, there we are. Mm -hmm. But uh, after watching them work, I mean, they started. They're working two shifts. I mean, they're they're, they're doing all they can. I, I, I'm not. None of us are saying that. Mm -hmm. We're not. Uh, and it is what it is. It's got to be done. I understand that. And it's going to be a wonderful project when it's finished. I know that. And I think it'll, it'll enhance the center. It'll enhance the city. But we still have to, you know, pay our rents through the year. And I, I you know, I, I have to say that the landlord, uh, you know, they haven't been uh, brutal. They haven't been the other side of that either. But uh, anyway, I think it's... Uh, at least there's a couple of people that represent the landlords that actually probably get it, but it's 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 devastating. Right. I cannot tell you how bad it is. You yeah. can't even imagine. Would it uh, be of help to have our uh, uh, planning director, public works director, come and, and meet with you people and give you an update sure. of some sort of? And uh, yes, I'm I'm getting uh, anything helps. We we, okay. we we need to have our hands held a little bit. You know, all right. it's, all, it's all about. Uh, you know, we need to know that the world's not coming to an end. I mean, okay. It, it's, a, it's a hard hard job standing there by yourself. And sure it is. There are days when, uh, you know, it's not total loss, but there are days when we've seen nobody. <laughs> All right. Um, we, uh, we hear what you say, and thank you for uh, closing your shop to come here and let us know. Uh, we knew it was tough, but uh, it always is nice to hear. And you can come down there and spend money if you want to. You know, we you can, can do that. Can do and uh, certainly our residents can still come down and spend money. I don't recall. I've, I've seen uh, I've seen Crip over here down there once or twice. but uh, I wonder why. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody else that I can remember. But, uh, you know, you need to support your local merchants. Uh, yes. And I, I, listen, I thank you for, for thank you for your time, and I apologize again for being late. Is there is there a role for uh, the Chamber of Commerce in in this? Oh, there could be. Uh, yes, they they, they the actually. Chamber of Commerce the, the, the in the chamber back there. sitting back there, very uh, quiet. Let's get you involved as well. Um, well, they they're very helpful to us. They they always uh, step up and do things, I and mean, they've got like we had a mixer there uh, night night before last. I get right. maybe it was last. I get mixed no, up. No, it was on Tuesday night okay. at Eureka. But uh, they, the, the chamber is very there. active and very. I was there, and I've, I've been to uh, CVS a number of times. I've been to the, the cleaners, and I've been to Kitchen Kitchen, and I've been to the nail place, and I mean, and I've been to the optometrist. So I mean, I still now you know the owner of this store, so maybe you get a good deal. Okay. <laughs> we'll do. All right, we've probably spent enough time on thank this. Uh, thank you.
But Nancy might want to get together with the yeah. chamber to work with the chamber to come up with a plan, plan grand reopening yeah. uh, effort in that. Very good. All right, we're back uh, to general business. Uh, item B, admissions tax rate. Uh, Kevin, uh, this will, uh, what we're going to do is adopt a resolution increasing admissions tax rate from 9% to 10% for all of 2015 and thereafter events. Kevin. Yes, Honorable Mayor, members of the Council, that's exactly what we're proposing to do today. Uh, in 2005, uh, voter approved the, the admissions tax. Uh, the Tennis Garden approved it as well, though they asked us to consider a 1% increase uh, for every two years to a maximum of 10%. It just so happens that this year is a rate, the year that will go from 9% uh, to 10%. The 10% increase will be effective for all calendar year 2015 events. We expect that the incremental revenue of raising the rate will create an additional $200,000 a year annually uh, to the city's general fund. Uh, with that, I'm available to answer any questions you have. All right. Uh, anyone? Mm -mm. Mr. Hanson, nobody? Um, all right. Then I need a motion to uh, approve this increase. I'll make the motion to approve it. All right. Is there a second? Is there a second? I'll second it. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Uh, are you going to uh, open your mouth at all, except uh, well, whatever? When I have something important to say, I'll say you it. You aren't going to vote, so it's a, it, the motion carries by three votes, and I don't Four. know about the fourth. Thank you very much. I. <laughs> you might have to get a volunteer to sit over there. I think you're feeling to lonely. punch him or something. Oh. Okay, yeah, motion my city carries 4-0. Um, item 8C, newsletter advertising policy. Marketing committee recommendation in regards to accepting advertising in the city's newsletter. Nancy Samuelson. Thank you, Mayor and City Council. Today's staff brings you a recommendation to consider accepting paid advertising in the monthly city newsletter and to direct staff to implement the program based on the recommended ad pricing outlined in your staff report. This program could potentially save the city $37,100 in newsletters costs. The staff report outlines the details of the newsletter and the recommended ad pricing. If council desires, I can go through those details. However, and we did receive an email um, from a resident regarding this, I believe the bigger discussion is the potential gray area regarding policies and procedures on the requirement of who will have the ability to advertise or what is just deemed as general information that we supply to our premier resident population. The recommended entities that would not be required to purchase advertising is just a starting point of discussion on how council would like staff to work with our strategic partners or entities that we sponsor or fund and actually what is deemed an advertisement or an article or information that is vetted and, in, and interesting as interesting or pertinent to our residents. Staff is looking for direction on advertising policies in the city newsletter and I'm available for questions. All right. Comments, questions? Um, you want to go first, Patrick? Yeah, I, I have some real reservations about this because it's a fundamental change that I think impacts uh, the city of Indian Wells but more importantly impacts the character of the city of Indian Wells. 
And, and let me draw a, a, a weak parallel. Uh, you know, I go to church and we get bulletins. And some of the parts of the bulletins are, you know, inspirational. Some are rather boring. And some, when you flip it over, are these little small advertisements, you know, for various businesses. Uh, I, I can see why a charity-moved organization might be forced into uh, trying to get revenue for, you know, keeping its publication paid for, so to speak, even though it's not nearly as fancy as ours. Uh, the concern that I have is that uh, I've been here for close to 14 years, and uh, unlike maybe a few in our community, I don't know when I've ever gotten a bad newsletter. They were all good, and it's thanks to you. Thank you. Uh, and my fear is that if we open this door, what takes over? The advertising or the news from the city? And I think where we got into a little bit of a jam was one copy went out where it had a preponderance of what appeared to some as advertising even though it was pushing things within the city. Um, I quite frankly very much feel that we should stay the way we are, we should not open it to advertising, and what we should do is concentrate our efforts into making it more city business related with more interest items, with more articles that could be put in by contributors. We have a community that is absolutely thirsty for medical information in certain areas, uh, a nice report from a doctor or somebody who's done some research, to me would be far more valuable and newsworthy uh, to our residents rather than seeing uh, a big, huge advertisement for a business that might be prospering as opposed to a business who really is pushing hard like the gentleman who went out. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard to sell and I had to go to Ty as to try to, because I couldn't see what his, his jacket said, but I guess he's involved in selling candles. Well, you don't have to be a genius to figure you move into a desert and you open up a business to sell candles. That's going to be a pretty hard drive. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm one for saying, hey, leave our newsletter alone, keep it the way it is, really put the emphasis on making it something where people will come away, as I have for 14 years, saying, wow, thank you for all of you have done. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to take the exact opposite tangent. Uh, I had been the one that had recommended doing this during running for two reasons. One is the city needs to find every possible way to generate more revenue. And by covering a good portion of the newsletter's costs, that's a good thing. And if we don't look for ways to generate revenue and continue to do that, we're going to be in more trouble down the road after we've just cleaned up a lot of the physical issues. The other side of the coin is operators in this city have been treated differently for a long period of time. Some get free advertising, others don't. Everybody should be treated the same. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this, just like that man said, that's a local merchant. That center 
will take a full page, maybe two full pages. Areas like Sun City, and, Mar and Nancy has copies, and other cities do the exact same thing of selling it. It doesn't hurt the context. It doesn't hurt the stories. What it does is it helps cover costs, and it helps local merchants with their business. And let me assure you, there isn't a local merchant in this town that doesn't need help. And this would be a very effective way to get to the local residents, which that's what this is about, the local residents. And we need also to get the income. And I find it hard to believe that, that anybody would be opposed to this. And I haven't read of anybody opposed to this until I heard Patrick, but I haven't heard in all the residents I've talked to think it's a great idea. We're not talking about 20 pages of advertising. I think we're talking, Nancy, up to four out of a document that has 12 pages. And, and my understanding was that, that you would control the context so that it was done. But it's unfair to give other, different operators in the city stuff for free and treat the others almost like a pariah. And that's just not proper. And, and it shouldn't be done. If we're not going to do any advertising, then they all ought to be wiped out. The hotels, Vicky's, you name it, the IW, it's, it's a business. So they all ought to be eliminated if that's really where we want to go. I don't believe it is. I do believe, and I got an email from Ted Mertens to bring it up, I do believe we should put some restrictions on how many free advertisements some of the places that presently get it, including the chamber, including the living desert, they should be able to get some free, mostly articles promoting a speaker. I mean, the, already the Desert Forum has had a full-page ad in, in, in the IW. They are a profit operation. Why should they get it for free and the other retailers don't? They shouldn't. But if the council wants to say, okay, the Desert Forum can have two free ads of a half a page or whatever, and the hotels can have a page or two pages a year, that would be fair. But just to arbitrarily give free advertising to the detriment of other operators in the marketplace is just not fair and it's not proper. Thank you. Mr. Hansen. Thank you, uh, Mayor Roach. Uh, Nancy, I have a couple questions for you, if I could, please. Uh, when, when I look at this, how, how did you arrive at your pricing uh, for the newsletter? Um, I d took the entire cost of the newsletter um, and divided it by each page. So, so I had a total cost of an eight-page newsletter. And then what I did was estimate uh, what a 12-page newsletter is costing. Um, and uh, that is still to be determined. Obviously, it, uh, we estimate it probably will take um, anywhere between um, 30 hours of staff time, um, managing all the incoming phone calls, managing the ads, uh, managing the contracts, the invoicing, all that. Um, we did not include that in the pricing. Um, what we did was uh, we did based it, or what I did was base it on a normal, um, it's called the blue sheet. Um, it's a audit sheet of any kind of publication that you would get. So Palm Springs Life has, I forget, it's a pink sheet, I think, actually, what it's called. 
So what they do is they base it on their readership or their impressions. And so what we, what I personally guesstimated was that we have some household with two, some household with one. So I gave it a one-time readership base. So I took an eight-page newsletter, divided it by a per-cost per sheet, and then times it or added 50% to that. Does that? So there was a mathematical process that you went based upon market conditions. Correct. You went out to the market and said, hey, here's what... Here's what other people are charging for similar space. You did it on a per square inch basis. And no, I did not do that. I did it on the base of the cost of our newsletter, Rather based on the readership, based on how many readerships that we so had. So under, I mean, I guess you, you you actually could have increased the advertising cost up to the point where it covered the total cost of the publication. I absolutely could. Did you give that any thought? I had, did give that thought, and I thought that would be for a discussion on... Um, but council. you could increase the rates up to that Absolutely. so that we, my, our magazine could be free of cost to the city. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Doug, uh, one thing to answer your question. She, I gave Nancy a copy of Sun Cities and uh, also did Sacred Heart, not with Nancy. but And these prices are pretty much in line with the other people that are doing it. And what they're charging. Pretty much. Uh, do we get the same amount of coverage as they do or they get more coverage? Um, the, the Catholic Church, probably the two Catholic churches in the winter, probably no, it's probably about the same because they're both about ten thousand in the winter, so it's probably about the same. And Sun City is about the same too. They're ten thousand in the winter, they're five thousand in the summer. So yeah, pretty so much. We, pretty so close. when we look at the pricing, we think it's uh, market fair pricing yeah. as it relates to whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the the did you give any thought to? Uh, I know that you've got some exceptions what I want to talk about, but restrictions. I mean, could we do political advertising as an example? No, that if you look in the policy, and, and Mr. Deitch can certainly talk to the policy. Beg your pardon? If you look to the attached policy and procedure guideline, there is specific no political advertising in that. And why, why is that? Is that restricted in some way? Um, I, I might let Mr. Deitch respond to that. I didn't that. see that. It, uh, I, don't, I, I may have missed it. Maybe you can point it out. Where, I think it's number I contains political advocacy or support of an opposition to proposed candidate ballot measure or ballot proposition. The, the policy is not in our agenda packet. I, I don't have that. I don't either. No, we don't have it. I don't have it. I, I gave it to her. <laughs> now you know why I asked the question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Would you like me to read the three pages? <laughs> Thank you, no. Well, it would have been nice to have read it before oh, we are now ready I, to make I, a decision I mean, on it. I apologize. I mean, I did not know. Julie. Well, while she's getting us a, a copy. Uh, well, and for the audience, too, please. If you're going to distribute it to the council, we'd like to see it as well. I did not realize that was not in the agenda packet. Okay. Uh, but it specifically talks. I heard, well, I, I let's. I, I mean, obviously, if there's some policy, we, we're going to have to take a look at that. But, but uh, the, the uh, do, do you do you think that staff has sufficient time to? I guess you, you you plan that staff is going to be selling this advertising space. Yes. Do you have the time to do that? Um. Other things. I, on a, honest answer, yes. Honestly, I don't know how much time, and that was why I originally did not have a 12-page cost because I did not know. I do not know how much staff time is actually going to be required. What I estimated staff time on 
let's say we have, let's say we, we sell only an eight page, eight page ad, right? So that could be 32 advertisers. So let's say, but we really probably will sell a full page. So maybe we'd have 15 ad advertisers. My guess is between the contract, billing, and invoice, those 15 advertisers could uh, take as much as two hours per advertiser um, between where are we going to be and then, you know, all that kind of thing. So that's where I guesstimated the 30 hours of, of staff time. Obviously, we would have to work with the city manager to look at the stat, what, what staff has that 30 hours per month? For our, for our department. To sell right. the advertising. And there's only two and people in your department. Sell the advertising and take all the input. Now, some of that might be able to be pushed off to the advertising agency, and I might be able to have them accept all the ads and, and do that and, and have them absorb the cost, which is I sort of built into the 12th page, but I actually haven't got an exact estimate from them yet. So I could potentially have the advertising agency. Did you give any thought to contracting to a, a third party to, to go out and sell that advertising on a commission basis? Um, we have a premier audience. Um, people are absolutely dying to get to our residents. Um, I get begged all the time to put content in the newsletter that I do not put in. Um, that is more advertising-like. Uh, the criteria, I know you you. You have used the word advertising, but the criteria that I use, I don't see that as advertising. I see that as very informative events of what's happening around Indian Wells. Um, if, if the living desert is... So, 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 so wait a minute. I think you're getting off track okay, of my question. Sorry. Okay, my question dealt with, have you given any thought to, to con contracting with a third party to sell the advertising for the newsletter? A short answer is I don't believe, I think we're going to sell out very quickly. So it's not necessary. You don't think there's going to be any outbound marketing required to do this? You think people are going to be calling you? I, I believe so. Okay. That is my belief. It's, it's not necessarily the selling that's going to take the time. It's the management of the actual advertiser. Okay. I hear you. Okay. The next question is, is how did you come up with the exception list? What was the criteria that you used to determine what entities uh, are accepted? Well, if it had the name Indian Wells in it, was a big <laughs> was a big one. But also things that we funded. I felt that um, obviously the Indian Wells Golf Resort, as an owner um, and manager, we of course would would promote anything there, and it seemed not reasonable to me to ask them to pay for things that we're trying to promote to get our residents to. If you feel differently, obviously we'll Regardless of whether or not they are, as Mr. Peabody said, a, a private for-profit entity versus a non-profit 501c3. I you have, gave no consideration to that. I did not, know. Okay. I... Uh, um, if you'd like me to go down the list, I certainly can. I, um, I, have, a, I have a copy of the list. But, I, you know, the interesting thing, I really didn't give much thought uh, to this until I got an email from Mr. Elcha. And I think we all got it. And, and uh, yes, I have because it, it, it really didn't, uh, it, it didn't register with me until, until he brought it. And, and I think he, he, he made some very good points in that. And, uh, and basically, uh, for those in the audience who did not get a copy, I think it's uh, important uh, 
that we talk about that because what he says as he goes through, staff recommends the policies, he lists the, the exceptions of the people, and then he says, as this is written, there is no limitation whatsoever uh, to, uh, to to the the number of advertising advertisers advertising that each of the, these entities could have. And, and there's no explanation for how staff arrived at the reasoning for these specific entities. You just did uh, come up with uh, your reasoning on that. And he says that he respectfully suggests that, that unless the city is bound to provide advertising by an existing contract with one of the above entities, any free advertising is in essence, and, and, and here's the critical thing for me, is in essence uh, charitable giving that is not included in this year's budget. Uh, and, and I believe that the above entities have binding agreements with the city to provide for specific sum of taxpayer dollars. And, and, and the reason that it, 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 uh, it triggered a thought in my mind was that are we if we give this advertising to these entities, are we giving away public funds uh, and, and, and what is the legalities of that? Let me finish, and then you, you can answer that, and as it relates to that question. And secondly, I guess now that you have actually put a price, because you'll recall one of my issues with the Desert Town Hall series was that we was not getting a full recognition of the total contribution that we made to them. Uh, and, you know, we gave them the 50000 cash, and I took the position that we actually give them more because we, we advertise them in the paper, we advertise them on our website, and I think this plays into that, and that's why Mr. Elchuk's uh, email uh, sensitized me more to the issue. So, City Manager, you have a response, I assume. I think you're absolutely correct, and that is the uh, difficulty we've wrestled with in this policy and brought it to you. We don't have all of those answers. If I give some example, one of the difficulties, or perhaps one of our major difficulties, is the difference between advertising and reporting. Each time we, Indian Wells, get our name in the paper, well, when we get our name in the paper in a positive way, um, we consider that advertising, but many of those are just stories. And so, for instance, with the golf resort, there is a lot going on. It is our golf resort. We would be reporting on the progress of the, uh, the outdoor um, reception facility or, you know, great things going on at the golf course or other things on the campus. And so many of those things are newsworthy items to our residents, things that our residents would be interested in. And I think that was the one of the controversial ones that we've talked about in the past where there was an event at a particular restaurant that we believed our residents would be interested in. So our, our, our goal is to provide information that would be interesting to our residents. And so as we were developing the policy, we didn't want to try to eliminate all of those potential items that we would be discussing or reporting to on our uh, on our residents, and we tried to identify that list of things that we talk about a lot, like the golf resort, the tennis club, the or the campus, um, because those that is a pesty fly. 
Those are uh, reporting. Going after the sugar on your head. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to get them over to the city attorney. Yeah. Um, the so that that's a very difficult. What's the difference between an ad and uh, a, a story? Gotcha. And that's what's um, that's what we're troubling I, with. I, I I understand that that, but you know we're we're and I, and I there is a fine line, but and I think that I think that. Uh, that what we need, we're going to need from the from the uh, city attorney, is an opinion on the issue, so that we do not get charged with having give away public funds. That that for me is a, is a big concern. And where the dividing line is, there has to be some kind of uh, separation of between whether when it's a news story versus whether it's a, a, an ad, and whether it's beneficial to our residents or not. That that concerns me and needs to be dealt with uh, separately. But, but when, you know, I understand the golf resort. We own the golf resort. Everything that we put in the paper, uh, I would assume, uh, benefits the public. It, it, there's no question. But, but we pay $250,000 a year to advertise as a marketing agreement with the, with the, uh, with the tennis gardens, as an example. We, we pay $2.5 million for a 10-year contract for our naming rights, for everything that we get. But it's all about the names on the side. Uh, that goes to the issue that that we that Mr. Peabody was talking to earlier about whether they uh, we uh, we should be giving away uh, uh, advertising to a for-profit entity. I, I I don't have answers to the questions. I think I only have questions. But but that's, that also applies to the desert. Uh, I guess the desert town hall is a 501c3. They're a charitable organization. Uh, the Indian Wells Resort Hotels, while it benefits us from a tax base, I don't know. It's just a lot no, there that I, we need to. I think we need to give greater thought to than than what we have already done. I fully agree with you. Um, this we this is a rough, rough one. We wrestled with it at the marketing um, uh, committee as well. Uh, we're trying to give opportunities for our local businesses to reach out to and and. Help uh, those, you know, the commerce on that side was the whole advertising. But, you know, many of them make sense. You know, if we took each one of those and described, like the tennis, um, the Indian Wells Tennis Gardens, we do pay substantial money there. They do have a substantial presence. And so it is very smart of us to use their name and report stories about them in our newsletter because it leverages the investment we're already making in terms of marketing. Same thing with the town hall center. So we, we have uh, wrestled yeah. with, it, uh, I'm not going to tell you by any means there is a clear path here. Um, what I think we created as a priority, and even when we talked a little bit about staff time, was we were looking at this local business priority with respect to those businesses located here in Indian Wells and their ability to connect to our uh, neighbors. Uh, as I, I've indicated, uh, I think to most people, um, we didn't, we weren't able really to find a city that was doing this already, and so there was, you know, we could see what they did right and what they did wrong, and, and try to capture capture that um, what we found was a transit authority and what they were doing on bus benches and, and, um, and buses and then tried to develop into that policy. So um, whether you adopt that today or, or not, I would expect that over the next few months we revisit this several times to uh, 
to turn it into something that really works for us, because well, right now we don't know that it does. One final comment, and then the, the, I'll turn it back to the mayor. But uh, just as an add-on, uh, I think uh, it, it is important for us to try to generate as much revenue as we can for the city, and no question about that. In fact, I sit on the board of Sunline, as you know, and we are embarking up on a, a program at Sunline uh, to put advertising uh, on all of the, uh, uh, the the bus stops, if you will, and so that uh, you, you know, and and so it's important, and then there to generate more revenue for for the for the entity, and uh, so I, I applaud Mr. Peabody and his efforts to get more revenue for for the city and all the work you've done. I just want to be clear from the city attorney's perspective: is we don't want to get ourselves in, in trouble. Well, I have uh, May I? Yeah, go ahead. Have my turn ahead, and then you. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to answer something directly. No, I'm going to, I want to address what Wade said. Uh, and you, there is a difference at the IW from a standpoint of an event, but when you advertise a $20 roast beef, that's an ad. That's an ad. You should pay for that ad. And they pay for that ad in the desert sun. Why should they not pay the city for that ad in the local bulletin? That's an ad. There's no other way around that. That is an ad. Vicky's is an ad. It's not a, not a promotion for the city. It's an ad. And they should have to pay for that. And, and the problem I have is we're, we're looking to generate money. We're looking to be fair and treat everybody equally. What's gone on up to this point, I don't believe that everybody's been treated the same. And I think that has to stop. So if we don't even do this, I will make a motion and try to get the council to go along where we don't do anything in that bulletin except for comments about an event, but no advertising. And I think that's wrong, but that's where I'm coming from, is that, that we've got to treat everybody fairly. And we need to give the merchants. We have just killed the merchants this summer. Just killed them. Nobody paid them to, to, for these losses they're suffering. And we don't think we owe them anything. We owe them a lot. And this, this to not even consider, or to, to put it down, what I would suggest is that this go back to Nancy and to you. And you come back on October 3rd with a very clear, after Mary's opinions and Doug's and Patrick's and mine, and Ted will be here also, and come back with a very firm policy that says we're going to do this, we're not going to do this, we're going to do this under this basis and we're, or whatever. But we need to, I think this is a good forum. I think it's been great to get it out on the table. And I know some of the people in the, in the room have very clear opinions about this. So I think what we should do, Mary, after you, you go through what, what you've got to say, is that we go back now, we've heard what people have to say, we come back with a very clear policy to recommend, whatever it is, and go from there on October 3rd. <laughs> All right. A lot has been discussed. And um, um, I, like Doug, applaud uh, Ty for looking at this and, and, and bringing it forward. That being said, I have a lot of trouble with it uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one is the policy and, and how do you make a decision on on what we give, uh, who we um, allow to have 
articles in the in in the newsletter and who we don't and what we do um, probably most important for me is it is the one and most important communication we have with our residents that we don't ask our residents to pay for uh, that we are informing our residents um, we're not asking anything additional from our residents, if, if that satisfies you to a better degree. Um, it is uh, something that our residents look forward to. We tried a couple years ago to going to an email uh, uh, newsletter, and our, our residents wanted this, this, le this newsletter. Um, I agree 100% with what Mr. Um, Mullaney put forth, is that the quality of the newsletter and the, the quality and stature of our city is uh, defined in our newsletter. What we say, how we put it out, uh, and that I don't think, I don't like the idea of changing how we do that. To me, most publications that have uh, the ads, um, it changes the status of the quality. However, uh, that being said, I think there's an environmental concern in that as we add paper uh, advertisements, we're adding to, to uh, waste. We're adding to green waste. We're, we're uh, cutting more trees. So there's environmental issue that we haven't even looked at uh, when we do this. Um, next, um, there, while I applaud the idea of looking at uh, bringing additional dollars to the city, I have to point out that there really is no financial necessity to do this we, we simply, we just increased our grants and aids uh, $100,000 uh, last month, uh, you know, in the last six months. Uh, so we have some excess dollars that we're willing to give away uh, to our grants and aids. And we're bringing that back so that we can give away money. Uh, do we denigrate in a way our newsletter uh, so that um, we can then turn around and contribute more money to outside agencies. I don't know. Again, that's, that's something. These are not things that we have discussed. Um, I, um, because of the longevity, longevity and the how we have operated with a newsletter, uh, it, my entire existence in Indian Wells, uh, will we, uh, by deciding who gets to add, put an ad in our newsletter, will we um, unintended, give an unintended um, support to those entities where it looks like the city is supporting uh, that entity over something else? Uh, so to me, that's that's a problem. Um, 
the staff time that uh, Mr. Hansen brought up, out to sell uh, is going to add to staff time. And right now we're, we're at minimum staff, and we have uh, uh, everyone's working to, to maximum now. Where do, where do we uh, add that staff time into the cost factor for doing this? Um, all that being said, um, I do think that we need to come up with some sort of um, idea and policy on how we can support uh, our village center, because it really is. And, and yes, I was in that store once, and I haven't gone back in because I don't, you know, it's not something I, I uh, am going to purchase. The same with the new uh, men's, um, menswear. Um, I went in to see what it was. Uh, but certainly most of our residents do consider that center our town center, and I think a great deal of residents use um, most of the facilities in the center um, as, um, as their primary resources for whatever they can, they can find. That being said, of course, we have uh, uh, across the street, we have commercial as well. At any rate, I don't think we're ready uh, to make a decision. I uh, would like to find out if there are other people who have considered it. We do have the League of California Cities Conference next week, which three of us are going to, uh, and we can certainly uh, start asking questions to see if other people, uh, what they do with their newsletter and what their policies are. Uh, so I would agree with Mr. Peabody that we, uh, we put it on hold until we can garner more information but um, I think there are an awful lot of problems that, uh, that we need to address before we do anything. Mr. Mullaney. Yeah, I, I just, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but I'll beat it in gently. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you start with a premise that has been untested and you reach a conclusion, now, when I studied Logic 101, which I got an A in that course, uh, they would tell you that's not the way to go. What I'll make a statement here, unproven, but if somebody wants to disprove it, go ahead. Whatever we would make in advertising from our newsletter on a monthly basis, we will spend that and more at City Hall to be able to maintain that function in an orderly fashion. Now, get away from there. We really have to separate out what is going on down in our commercial center where the Ralph Shopping Center is. I agree totally with Ty. Uh, the only one that I frequent an awful lot, unfortunately, is CBS. And, uh, uh, but I've been into Ty's place, and I, I was one of uh, four people that were there one day, and, uh, you know, I said to Valerie, his wife, uh, how's it doing? And, and she really had a good stiff upper lip, and she said, we're doing pretty good, especially at night. Uh, they got murdered, you know. I went over to It's a Deli, a place that I frequent on many occasions, and... Uh, uh, the young lady working in there that owns it, uh, she just said, 
I'm being crucified. There were two other people in there, and that was at 10 minutes to one. And basically, the only ones that were keeping her afloat, so to speak, were the people that were working on the street that would come there for lunch. Uh, a major consideration this summer that I had was some of the rumors relative to Ralph's shopping center, because I don't know if Ty would agree, but Ralph's is somewhat the anchor of that shopping center. And there was a rumor that they were going to shut down. And then apparently they reached some sort of a decision that they weren't going to shut down. But last week an interesting thing happened at Ralph's. When I went in there, they're all new people. But then when I went in there on Sunday, the old manager was there again and the assistant manager were there. I think what we should do is take the issue of advertising in our newsletter, put it separate to something that we should treat immediately, and that's that shopping center, something that we should really turn over, I hate to say it, but to you and your forces and the rest of the city to do something very positive for them relative to reopening. I love that idea. As a matter of fact, one of the times that they celebrated an anniversary, they brought a band in, and it was, as a matter of fact, the band sat right in front of where It's a Deli was, uh, and they really had a lot of hoopla there in the shopping center. It desperately needs that. And I'm hoping that once the road is finished, you know, we're going to see a complete reversal, and if there's anything we can do as a city uh, I think we should in behalf of those people who are down there who are going through such a tough summer. But my concern is let's really challenge the premises that we start with, and I'll go back with arguing and taking a position. I quite frankly think advertising in our newsletter will very much lessen, lessen the quality of that newsletter. Mayor, Mayor if I may. Yes, Mr. Hanson. Uh, I think, uh, Mr. Mullaney, I, I agree with you uh, as it relates to the center. I think we sort of got, got off track when we were talking about the center because I thought we had already agreed that we were going to take action and we had directed staff to do everything we can to help the center. Uh, and I think we all support that effort. Um, I, I think, and, and I, I believe uh, we are at the point where uh, we're, we're not going to come up with a decision on this issue today, but I would urge council to if, if delay, do a working session so that we can get all the information we need, have a full working session on the issue, discuss, discuss all of the elements, wait until Mr. Mertens is back whenever that is scheduled, uh, whenever he's scheduled to do backup. I'm not sure when that is. We know, Madam Clerk, when is he due back? October 1st. He's back right in the beginning of October. October 1st, I believe. Okay. Uh, and, and Mr. City Manager, and uh, in, in, on the day of our next meeting, do we have any time we can set aside for a working session on this issue? There may be. Um, perhaps you could... You could, if you want to have a working session on this, if the council wants to, if you give us direction to organize that, we can organize it as soon as we can be ready and fit something in those days. We have a short window when all of you are going to be in town in okay. that Thank you. period. Well, then, Madam Mayor, I'd like to offer a motion 
Well, wait one second. Though. Okay. I'm going to ask that this come back on the agenda on October 3rd, and I'm going to ask for two things. One is a complete evaluation be done by Nancy with recommendations on going ahead with the program. If the decision is not to go ahead, my second recommendation will be that all advertising cease in the newsletter. Well, I, I so I just ask I, that that I understand, but I, I, Mr. Peabody, I'm at the point where I, I, I want to. I, I, I think we're you and I are close to what we want to achieve. We want to bring it back. We would like to bring it back uh, at the next meeting, if possible. But I would rather bring it back in a working session forum rather than just a uh, a. If we, if we did it in a, in a working session in the morning, we could bring it back in the afternoon for a final decision of council on the same day, I would assume. Is, is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And so, so I think all of which you want to achieve, Mr. Peabody, could be achieved uh, on that same mm -hmm. day, and, and we could bring Mr. Mertens into the discussion at that time. We can vet all of those various issues that need to be vetted. And uh, so am I seeing something that we need addition? No, I'm, Are we, still, we, we uh, have a future agenda list, so we have a variety of things scheduled. I just want to be able to fit those in. And as we well, let's, second guess that here at the dais without looking at those pages, and I'm not giving you true well, Let's answers. try to set a target date for the next meeting. If for some reason you can't, then, then obviously you can't do that. And then we would fall to the following meeting, okay? Okay. So I would offer up that as a motion, Mayor. All right. I would, you know, if, if we're going to be asking for all these things, to me, um, uh, there are uh, obviously diverse opinions. I think we ought to ask the residents, uh, you know, if we're going to go forward with this uh, and it, it, it has so many ramifications to it, uh, and they're, you know, obviously Mr. Mullaney and I both uh, think our residents like it the way it is, but I understand where uh, Mr. Peabody's coming from on the, on the uh, advertisement. And I, 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 I think, uh, again, it's, it's one of those issues that probably are, it would be nice to have some public input. Would you like to see it the same, or would you like to increase ad advertising uh, to, uh, to the newsletter to uh, help, help pay for it? Uh, yeah, but they can do that, Mary. They can do that. They can come to the next meeting. It will be published. Everyone will it'll be on the calendar. Uh, we can seek public comment at that point. Can, but we can also okay. put out an email blast saying that this is an issue uh, that uh, has, opposed, you know, has uh, differing opinions, and uh, I think it's. Are, it's are we going to do that for every decision that the council has to make? Absolutely not. But well, but I mean, this we're uh, we're pretty divided on, and well, we're two to two today. That's all, and that's not unreasonable. I mean. Uh, two people uh, view it one way, uh, two other people. Uh, Mr. But, Mertens would be the, be the splitting. But certainly it would certainly alter my mind if, if, if a lot of residents said, you know what, yeah, let's have advertising. It's not going to change our opinion of the quality. I don't, have a, problem. I don't have a mind. problem with that. I'm just concerned that. 
Yeah, but your order has My motion still resides on the, on the floor. Do we have a second on I'll that? I'll second. Okay. You want to restate the motion? If I can have Mr. Hansen restate. Let me restate the motion that we bring this matter back to the city council at a working session at the next available council meeting in the morning of that meeting, and hopefully it will be the next meeting, okay? If not, then the following meeting uh, to be vetted uh, in a working session in the morning and to be voted on by the council in the afternoon. I'll second that. He's still behind you. <laughs> There's a motion and a second on the floor. Thank you. you well, you can, you're in charge. What, do you want to hear it? Well, certainly. Uh, okay. We always let people speak. Absolutely. Uh, your comments have been interesting. Andy, I'll check in anyone. Um, I'm not so sure that you're all that far apart. Uh, leaving it the way it is, if you look at the last four or five uh, bulletins, there is advertising in them. So I think the argument is, is do we not allow advertising at all? Uh, which means eliminating what you have been doing, or do you go ahead and allow advertising? And then now creeps up the big devil, and that is, who gets it and who doesn't, who gets it for free and who doesn't get it for free. And that's been the problem and that's what's come out. Uh, if you look at this list, and the reason I, I, I bristle every time I look at this thing, and it's a personal thing, and I've been watching this council for 10 years, 12 years, and I, I looked at this and it, it's a list of our favorites and they're, all of the people who are exempt are our favorites and they're wonderful entities and we need all of them, the tennis gardens, the, the desert town hall, the theater, the chamber of commerce, they're all wonderful. And in the past, like Pat was saying, he loves the way it used to be. This city and the past council members have always bent over for these entities. Whatever these guys wanted, we, we went out of our way to accommodate them, which I think was great. Uh, but something happened along the way, and some of you will remember. Uh, I'll just throw one out, but there's, there's dozens of them. We bought some property for the tennis garden. We spent millions of dollars for it, I think 15. And then we said to them, you can use it for parking. Pay us a buck a year. You can do it for 20 years. And we didn't specify what kind of parking. We assumed, I'm sure, it was going to be tennis. But they, they sell that space to Coachella and whatever. They make millions of dollars off of that one dollar. Now, that's commendable. We bent over backwards to be good partners. But when Denny Booth suggested, along with some other residents, why don't you put the name of Indian Wells on the court like the other tournaments do, our good partners weren't quite as bending backward as we were. They wanted six figures or more. You guys never did tell us what that was, but it was a big number. Uh, I didn't think there was a limit on this thing. Because uh, <laughs> you don't take a limit. I didn't think I needed one. Uh, so you, uh, you've distracted me now. Uh, they, um, 
they didn't bend backwards. And they wanted a lot of money for us to put the... So the negotiating seems to be one way. So when I saw this, another freebie for our friends, but they never seem to give us any freebies. Every one of these people, we have paid for what we get. Shouldn't they pay for what we provide? Thanks. Okay. All right. There is a motion and a second on the floor to um, bring this back at the next available meeting uh, for a working session in the morning and possible uh, possible decision in the afternoon. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. No. Okay, one no, three ayes. All right, on to the next. Uh, 8D, developer impact report fees. Uh, approve annual developer impact fees, a report for fiscal year 2012-13, Kevin. Good afternoon, Madam Mayor and members of the City Council. Uh, Indian Wells, like many cities in the state of California, collects developer impact fees. Uh, these fees are designed to offset the additional costs of the city's infrastructure improvements borne by these additional developments. During fiscal year 2012-2013, the city collected $229,366 in development fees. We have four fees that we collect these funds in. First is park and loo fees. This is for the construction of recreation and open spaces. We have the citywide public improvement fee, which is a catch-all for all basic capital development in the city. We have the art and public places fee, which supports culture and public art throughout the city. And finally, we have a specific developer fee, which is the Highway 111 circulation fee, specific to capital infrastructure on Highway 111. With that, that concludes my report. I'm available for any questions you have, and we recommend that you approve the report as it is. Does anyone have, have any a, questions? I, I Mr. Hansen. Uh, thank you, uh, Mayor Richard. Um, you, 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 uh, Mr. McCarthy, you, you, we, I see that, you know, we have, as an example, in the art and public places, a reserve of 381000 and maybe I'm, do we have a reserve in the park and loop fees? Uh, the, the other two fees are actually have uh, no reserve. They actually have debit balances in the fund. In previous yeah. years, and the city of Indian Wells has done this, I think, rather strategically, when we have an opportunity to use developer fees, we sometimes will allocate more funds than the fee actually, uh, fund actually has. And then as fees are collected, we pay back uh, the city's general fund, and that's what we're doing in this case. Okay. Do, do we account for TUMP fees? TUMP fees are, we do collect TUMP fees, and TUMP fees, and that TUMP program is passed through to... Uh, are we, you, you don't show them here, and I'm wondering why you, you don't show them as a collect... Because we do collect TUMP fees, we then forward those to CVAG. That's correct. Uh, TUMP fees are not part of the development impact fees that we But have. they are not a development, but they are paid by developers. Yes, but they're not a, they're not part of this report. How do you define... A, a development impact fee versus a TUMP fee and, and why you segregate the categories. So educate me. You know, sir, I'd have to get back to you on that. I don't, I'm not prepared to, I, I really don't know the, all of the origin of TUMP fee as well as I do these particular fees. 
So I, I need to uh, educate myself and then educate the council. Well, at CVAG, uh, we refer to them, not, and at RCTC, we refer to them as develop, developer impact fees. And I, that's why I, I asked the But question. they're ta traffic mitigation. So they come but, the, the, but, but they still refer, they, they are traffic. Yeah. Their transportation mitigation, uniform mitigation fee, I understand that, but they are, right. they're but impact fees. But there are certain it's, regulations. it's likely that the city is not reporting these fees because we're not the final destination. Yeah. So CVAG or RCTC and the like would report these fees similar to the way we're reporting them here mm -hmm. because they're the final destination. The person who ends up with the purse is the one who but does But you do account for them coming in and going out. We do. We have you a just pack. don't have to report them. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the city attorney was. Well, you don't make a decision on, on where those funds eventually go. Either. No, you don't. I understand. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, like Mayor and Council, the TUM fee, by way of example, there may be other fees as well. Uh, the conservancy fee under CEQA. Right. Uh, these fees are collected by the city as a conduit. And they ultimately are transferred to other entities that actually retain them and apply them. Under the government code, the state statute pursuant to which this report was prepared, the city is not obligated to report on those funds, and the city is not required to retain any of those funds. The light so just went off in my head. These fees are developer impact fees created by ordinance of the city. Tump fees, conservancy fees, are, are, are legislated by the state. That's the difference, and that's why. Okay, got it. Thank you. All right, any other questions? All right, a motion to approve, please. Move to approve. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 We'll, we'll keep it open for uh, Mr. Peabody. Uh, 8E, uh, cooperation agreements between the city and former development agency. Um, excuse me. Uh, adopt resolutions approving rati uh, ratification and amendment to cooperation agreements between the city and former redevelopment agency and finding this action is exempt under CEQA. Uh, Kevin. Uh, thank you, Honorable Mayor and members of the City Council. I uh, regard this as the best staff report of the day. Uh, very, very excited about it. It's uh, with the um, uh, elimination of redevelopment agency. The city had two interfund loans at the time the agency was developed. One was a $16.4 million consolidated loan, and one was a $1.3 million uh, annual operating loan. As part of the elimination under AB 26 and following legislation under AB 1484, these loans were removed from the city's financial statements and were not allowed to be placed on the recognized obligation payment schedule for reimbursement. That's all changed. By April 26 of 2013, the successor agency of the dissolved redevelopment agency received its finding of completion, which is essentially the brass ring. With this finding of completion, the agency is now allowed to uh, place these two intra-fund loans onto the ROPS schedule and will be repaid to that. So coming in the next few years, we'll begin receiving reimbursements for both the $16.4 million intra-fund loan and the $1.3 million operating loan. With that, I'm available for any questions you have. Any questions? 
Yeah, my obvious question is, uh, I, I'm, listen, you, I, Kevin, I know you've done a tremendous amount of work and, and you, great yeoman work on this to get it where, where it is. And for those who don't know, the amount of effort that you went through to get this placed on Roth is unbelievable because a lot of cities, it didn't happen. And, and because of your efforts, it did. My question deals, though, with timing. Well, they've allowed us uh, to, to put it on Ross, and we, we will collect it sometime in the future. What is your just a outside guess as to when they will be fully paid? That's a great question. Uh, uh, let's talk about when we first can collect at, at, at first. Uh, we will not be able to collect in the current ROPS cycle. So the f first period that we'll be able to collect is what's known as the 13, excuse me, the 1415A ROPS, which will be July 2014 through December. That's the first time we'll be able to collect. In that, we are still working with the County of Riverside and the uh, Department of Finance to work through the formula. There is a formula where it talks about excess tax increment over the base. We haven't established the base. But to answer, to give you, so that the, the my quick answer is I don't know <laughs> specifically. The, the, my understanding of how it's working is I believe that these loans could be, be paid back in as little as 10 years and as long as 15. And, and uh, so, so will they, do you, do you think that there, we are going to have incremental uh, over and above the base oh, yes, to pay sir, for we, it? I'm sorry. Yes, sir, we will. Uh, we've seen significant growth in tax increment over the last year, uh, which is a wonderful positive sign. But uh, in once we uh, uh, move into the successor agency uh, on your agenda today is also a, a request to begin refunding of the 2003A bonds and the 2003ATs. Both of these bonds have reached their first call dates, uh, 2013, September. And by refunding them, we're hoping you create additional tax increment available. The redevelopment agency, successor agency, will use this tax increment to pay down these bonds. You had, you had uh, at one point come to us or had talked with us about the possibility of restructuring some of the bonded indebtedness that we have in order to lower our interest rate, thus getting additional revenue in, uh, which would allow you then to, to pay off uh, the interfund loans. Uh, what is the status of that? Uh, we are, we have entered, and it's on your agenda today as part of the successor agency. We've moved into that. We are participating with the County of Riverside, which I have done a lot of research and reviewed. I think it's a fantastic plan. And the reason I think that is because we're moving in as so many cities are starting to, are uh, commingling uh, co with the county. Now we're getting a lot of power and a lot of refinancing. So we say, save a lot of money when it talks to uh, the cost of issuance is much less than if, if Indian Wells were to try to do it by, by itself. But more importantly, and I think this is the most important part of it, is that now with the county, we have the resources to work through all the machinations required with the Department of Finance. To get their approval to be able to get this financing done will save us a lot of money in the long run. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good explanation, uh, Mr. Mullaney. Uh, Kevin, is there any possibility uh, that the state of California could wake up and redirect those funds from us back to them? 
not under the current systems we have in place. Uh, additional legislation is always possible, but under the current legislation, um, I don't think it's I don't think it's possible, and at this point, I don't think it's uh, probable at, at either. So, so in light of that answer, uh, what we're basically talking about. Uh, is an additional source of revenue to the city that is not really one that we would, well, I don't want to use the word expect, but is out there for us to grab, uh, especially in light of our earlier conversations today. And by the way, your fly has finally made it up here to the dais. So we're going to be getting more money coming in uh, we're going to eventually our goal is to receive money twofold. We have a new uh, first by the growth of tax increment coming in. We're seeing appreciation in the assessed valuation of the city of Indian Wells. But this is great. But secondly, and more unique is that because we have an opportunity to refinance the debt and using the county mechanism as, as the vehicle to do so, we're we're going to have achieved fiscal savings there as well. Those two, those two combined will help us take this refinance, this uh, new loan that we're now, for the very first time, very first time since we have uh, the closure of redevelopment, being added back to the, the ROP schedule for repayment. Very, very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. And, and to see what other cities uh, have, where it's been disallowed to have you uh, garner all this for us is great. Steve. Okay, now for the dark side. I think that was the term that Council Member Mullaney used with an earlier uh, agenda. You know. Mr. Dark. Uh, two things. First of all, just a caveat. My recollection of the uh, of AB 1484 is that uh, with that tax increment that Kevin has alluded to that might come in under ROPS to allow us to repay the city, my vague recollection is that the uh, successor agency will be required to set aside 20% of that for affordable housing. Uh -huh. uh, the housing authority, therefore, will likely be the beneficiary of that. You should be aware it's not uh, a full-fledged amount of money available uh, for the general fund. 20% will not be. Okay. Uh, and with re respect to the refunding that is on the agenda today. Uh, there has been some concern generally that the market is not moving in the right direction. Uh, it, the, the cost savings are hopefully still there and will be by the time the county and the pool will hope to issue bonds. But as interest rates are increasing, unfortunately the amount of savings that are usable by all the taxing entities on refunding of the bonds, and that would include the city. Uh, that that uh, money diminishes as interest rates climb. And right now, unfortunately, I, right. I, they're they're trending upward right trending now. Upward. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Sorry right. for the bad news. Anything else? No. Uh, uh, do you want a motion? I do. I'm prepared to uh, make a motion. Uh, that the city adopts staff's recommendation. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries 4-0. You held the open vote for Mr. Peabody to come back. On the oh, other thank you. Here. Yes, no, it was on the one before. Um, item um, 
8D. 8D, Mr. Peabody? Yeah, I'm favorite. Okay. Thank you. Item 8F, uh, conflict of interest code that goes to Anna Grandis. Good afternoon, Mayor and City Council. This is a nice, quick and easy one. We need to amend our conflict of interest code to add the new position of assistant uh, planner. If you remember, the council a few months ago approved the reclassification of the planning tech to assistant planner. Um, that position it was not identified in our conflict of interest code. Uh, working with our legal firm, BBNK, we have put it into our conflict of interest code, and I just need a motion to adopt Resolution Bill 2013-51, amending our conflict of interest code by adding the planning um, assistant planner position and assigning the disclosure categories. Um, move, move to adopt. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Uh, we'll hold that one open. And uh, would this be an appropriate time to introduce our new assistant planner? Is he? He's not here. He's not here. Okay. He is. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll do it uh, yeah, a little later. Our, our new public works structure here. Uh, is that our public? Okay. I, I, well, I, I was thinking, okay, we've got to do him. Um, please introduce our We're new public. We're very excited to. Excuse me. We're very excited to introduce our new public works director, Ken. Ken Samola. It was a hard one. Uh, I'm practicing. Uh, Ken comes to us from um, Lake Elsinore. He was the city uh, public works director there for seven years, nine years as a city engineer. He started this Monday, and I'll tell you, uh, last week he was already into the uh, working on the grindstone. He uh, had met with all the employees and was tackling Highway 111. Uh, Ken's a hands-on guy and a real per people person. We're really glad to have him part of our staff. Uh, thank you. It's really wonderful having him here. All right. And I guess we did the we introduced the assistant planner last time. I, I was looking at him and saying, okay, this has got to be the, I don't know, I got off. Madam All right, Mayor, uh, I, don't, I for Hanson on the last issue. On F. All right, item uh, 8G, council assignment. Uh, assign um, two council members to serve on the Grants and Aids Committee uh, until December. Uh, we have reinstituted the Grants and Aids, and we have appointed uh, members, and we now need uh, two council members. Do, we, do you have the rotation of um, uh, who would be next in line based on uh -huh. how we, we how we went through. Who uh, we stopped with Mr. Mertens, so Mr. Peabody would be next, and then Mr. Mullaney. Okay. Um. Oh, man. Yeah. I knew well, that the mayor yeah. probably already knew that before she asked the question. <laughs> Otherwise, she would never have asked the question had it been her coming up next. I am so happy. So anyway. I am happy to serve <laughs> on the grants. Would you make a motion to uh, appoint those two? I will move to appoint Mr. Peabody and Mr. Mullaney to the... Uh, Grants and Aids Committee. <laughs> Is there a second? You are really second. I'll second it. Yeah. <laughs> All in favor, signify by saying aye. We could go, aye. Aye. We could go stalemate, Patrick. Yes. You see what happens when you walk out of the room, Mr. I, I knew. I said, man, this is the wrong time to go. <laughs> I, I just wanted to let everybody know and all our audience know that the um, application for the grants and aids 
um, is going to be an online application only. You can only submit it online, and we are expecting it to be live tomorrow. We're testing it right now. It looks actually really good. It's a great, great um, form, and um, so please check our website. If not, we'll be sending out a press release, um, or you're welcome to call City Hall for questions. Thank you. All right, and you, you're taking care of those couple requests that have come to me. I will, call, I will send them a link to the online form. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Um, Next, we move on to 8-H, City Council special meeting dates. Uh, Anna? Well, I had a plan until this council meeting, and then it got blown out of the water, so we're going to have to kind of wing it. Uh, October 3rd, to be determined, will hopefully be some sort of a morning session, okay. whether it is the issue of the newsletter or the thing we, or the other, we'll figure that out. Um, on, also on that date at 1 o'clock, we need to have a special housing authority for one item that the attorney needs to bring forward. October 17th, there again may be a morning session. We will see what we can do with the scheduling. Uh, October 24th, we had at that time uh, scheduled a tennis garden area development plan. That is no longer necessary. We are uh, thinking we are going to move up the Highway 111 quarter art and monument, but that is not definite at this point in time. So again, I'm going to put October 24th as a tentative maybe to use date if we need it. Uh, uh, November 7th looks it's like it's just going to be 1.30 for council. Then November 24th, again, uh, 21st, again, it's going to be just for city council. December 5th, council. December 19th, we have to have a morning session where we do the council assignments for 2014. Then a 1 o'clock housing authority and then the 1.30 council. So it is in flux. We will be updating this uh, to council and we will be posting it on the website as things progress, I will make sure to put it not as a link, but at the very top of the page where the council agendas are. All right. And, and um, the housing authority, uh, you need to let them know because we adjourned to the December meeting. Yeah, I already talked to them before the oh, meeting. Okay. Thank you. All right. Any uh, comments? I thought we were going to have a town hall meeting sometime in the fall. We were. Uh, what happened to that idea? Uh, we were going to do, uh, that's uh, city manager, I'll let you do this. We were going to try to focus that around the uh, golf resort and the progress there, um, but we, we're in the middle of that project, so we, we have not scheduled the town hall meeting, and we believe that we'll have a couple of events, um, the, the welcome back patios and then a grand opening for the um, the golf resort project, and so we have not scheduled a separate town hall meeting. But which those two are totally separate from from a town hall meeting where we bring all of our residents in to be able to ask us questions about what's going on in the city. And usually, you've not gone through one of those, but but there's usually a, a electric chair there that you sit in it, and so you That's, know that perhaps is why we didn't schedule it. Oh. But I, I mean, we have in the past told the residents we're going to do that uh, arbitrarily to take that away. I mean, we, you know, I, what's that? Yeah, if that's the case, then that's that, you know, or none. Um, what have we scheduled for welcome back in uh, uh, 
golf resort. Uh, at this point, Nancy, do you have anything? Um, currently, we have the November 5th welcome back party, uh, patio party that we did send an e-blast out last week, which was also about the name of, of uh, the IW club. Um, we do have quite a few events this year. We have our first committee meeting uh, for committee, community activities on September 26th, where we'll be deciding. Um, the, uh, we have December 3rd, we've got the Wild Lights Party. We also have a Sunnylands tour in December. Um, and we have one, oh, we have Veterans Day. So we already have, I think, four or five. So we just need to look at the budget and have the committee decide if we're going to have a holiday grand opening party at the, at the pavilion. All right. Part of that is uh, how many events Which, include the residents. Right. So uh, you, you, we're, you we're thinking with it. the December, I'm thinking we're going to recommend with the December 10th that we'd actually have the something in January because it would get too close to Christmas, but we have to discuss that at okay. committee level. I mean, right? it, council. But, but that has nothing to do with, you, it you do not set the town hall. Oh, I have nothing meeting. to do with the town hall. I wanted to ask. The council does. The council and the, does. And the question is, and, what's, and it has not been answered, are we going to have a town hall meeting this fall between now and December? Um, it looks like we have a number of events, and it seems to me the last, was it the town hall meeting that we had such poor turnout? Uh, and... That was uh, part of the rationale, I think, in looking at this. It is for me at this point is, is you can't ask our residents to come out to too many things, but we had such a poor turnout for the town hall where they come and ask questions. I agree. We had about 50 people total, and it uh, was a lot of bodies. Uh, Andy and Denny both want to, to uh, chime in. Um, we need, yeah, you're right. When but, the population's here. Yeah, when the population's here. And your tent is up. The tent is up, and we can have it in the tent. It's now called a pavilion. Hold it. I, I stand it correctly. It's now called a pavilion. The pavilion. Okay. Our pavilion no will tent. be up. You can invite all of your residents to come ask questions and see the pavilion, sit in the pavilion. Uh, it would be a, probably a, a big event, a lot of turnout simply to see the pavilion. Right, and, and I think that we uh, have found, because uh, the, that last town hall we did was so poorly, uh, uh, or the second one was so poorly attended, that we, we really need to combine it with something else rather than just saying, come and ask us questions, and we're going to focus on these couple of things. Please understand, Jenny I'm, Booth. I'm not advocating that we do it. I just want to I'm know. Just, I just, it, it, was it, it was hanging out there. Yeah. Question put is, it are on, we going to have it? We no. put it on our schedule for the year. I, I, I think. We Mr. haven't heard from Mr. Booth today. The session. Oh, gosh. Excuse me, Mr. Booth. Go forward. Oh, I, I, I heard you say, oh, God. And I was going to answer it that way. <laughs> uh, no, uh, what I would like to say is that uh, this poorly attended town hall meeting where there was a lousy job of uh, advertising it and letting people know. I heard the day before from somebody that that was going to happen. So that's why I was there, and so it could have even been lousier. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's look at uh, the first of the year uh, for doing maybe a combination town hall 
and uh, up to date whatever we're doing. I think you need we need to have a, a little more. So if uh, that's amenable with everybody, uh, is this schedule okay with everybody at this point? Move to approve the schedule. All right. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Uh, motion carries. All right, we move on to successor agency business, 9A, uh, long-range property management plan, uh, adopt resolution approving long-range property management plan, and finding this action is exempt from CEQA. Kevin. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair and members of the successor agency board. Uh, for your information, uh, Assembly Bill uh, 1484 uh, swept through many changes of its original bill, uh, AB 26. One of the requirements now of the redevelopment agency, or, or now successor agency, is to develop a long-range property management plan that governs the disposition and use of all non-housing redevelopment agency properties. Uh, this report is required to be submitted to the Department of Finance with six months uh, after receiving the agency's finding of completion. The best news is the former redevelopment agency has no assets. There's nothing in the plan, but we will submit it anyway, and we're looking for your approval. Okay. Move to approve. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Motion carries Aye. unanimously. Uh, 9B, cooperation agreements between the city and former redevelopment agency. Adopt resolu resolutions approving ratification and amendment to cooperation agreements between the city and the former redevelopment agency and finding this action is exempt under CEQA. This is exactly what we did earlier, isn't it? Uh, yes, Madam Chair. This is just a successor agency action. Move, Move to, to approve. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, item uh, 9C, refinancing tax allegation debt. Adopt resolution to undertake proceedings for refunding of outstanding bonds of the dissolved redevelopment agency and providing for other related matters. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair and members of the successor agency board. Uh, we spoke briefly about this in your uh, city council meeting. Here we're looking to participate with the county of Riverside in refunding uh, for the purposes of creating additional tax increment that could be used by the successor agency. I'm available for any questions you have. Move to approve staff recommendation. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Item 9D, uh, January 1 to June 30th, 2014, ROPS, adopt resolution approving recognized obligation payment schedule for January 1 to June 30th, 2014, and finding this action is exempt under CEQA. Uh, thank you, Madam, Mayor, uh, Madam Chair and uh, members of the Successor Agency Board. Uh, this is your final item for the today, and it's just really the approval of the uh, recognized obligation payment schedule. This uh, schedule, once approved, will be sent to the Oversight Board, which is slated to meet on Monday the 16th. Once approved by the uh, OB Board, we'll send all files to the Department of Finance for approval. I'm available for any questions you have. This, this, inclu this includes the uh, interfund money yes, the, obligation? Yes, the, the, the two interfund loans that we spoke of previously are added to the schedule. Yep. There's no draw on here until the next uh, ROPS period, but the most important part with this was being able to add those. Okay. Move to approve. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Number 10, city managers' reports, comments, matters from staff. Mayor and Council, I want to give you an update on Highway 111. What I'd like to tell you is that now that Ken's on board, all will be well. Um, <laughs> it might not be quite that good, but um, we're, we're certainly looking forward to Ken uh, on board. And we certainly uh, heard the message today and will continue to work with the uh, businesses to make sure that people know they're open and, uh, and get the word out. Granite Construction uh, completed the grinding work on uh, the existing 111 and they're currently excavating areas and prepared for the median island construction. The project continues to move forward with the placement of sidewalk, um, irrigation and preparing for the landscaping on both sides of the roadway. The curb for the roadway median is scheduled to be completed next week. Um, Granite Construction, they are doing a yeoman's job. Granite is really doing well. Uh, as you heard, they're working, uh, uh, trying to work around the businesses, working multiple shifts, working at night. They'll be placing the second of three asphalt courses along the roadway next uh, week, and they will be completing that work again at, uh, at night to try to avoid any uh, traffic issues. Uh, on the not-so-bright side, I should add Steve as the dark guy give this part of the report, but Verizon uh, in this job and others has continued to be a difficult um, group to work with. Um, however, they do now have their contractors and the equipment they need is off the shelf and we anticipate that uh, uh, Ken is uh, chasing them uh, daily uh, to make sure that they will in fact get their work done. We're expecting them to relocate their facilities uh, between September 30th and October 15th. Granite is, uh, is uh, working with them and we are working with them to make sure that's the case. Granite will be prepared the minute they're done to uh, complete the project and, and get it wrapped up. So it really has been um, a utility slowdown and uh, we hope to keep that under control. I, I, if I may, Mayor, I, 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 that would have, I would have been an important information to have delivered, I think, uh, Wade, to the gentleman who came in. The reason for the delay of the project to the, this point has been the utilities and the inability, our inability to get them to act faster. I mean, they delayed us two months going into this project. Okay. You're absolutely correct. All along it has been the utilities. We do have a weekly information piece for the merchants, but we took notes and we'll certainly have our representatives go see and explain the explain the, the, to the merchants for what's the delay. going on. I mean, yes. it wasn't a city issue. We appreciate that. Ma Thank Mary, you. did you kill the fly finally? No, he got away. He, I was using my left hand. He's working his way down the... Is, uh, is the Verizon work on the street or is it in the sides? Uh, it's on the streets. It's the two manholes on um, at the back Ralph's parking lot and the and the side of the main um, in the back Ralph's driveway and the main driveway. We won't allow closure of the main driveway again. But that's where the manhole is, just to the east of that driveway. And then there's one in the middle of the road. Uh, way on Cook that they have to fix. They're going to have two crews doing those, they have told us, and they should have those wrapped up. Then we have that one corner that uh, they require the splices that um, isn't moving very well. Well, based on that, is there any reason they can't get 111 open? Because basically it's down to paving on 111. Uh, during the construction of the uh, Verizon, you mean? No, it's not. Verizon's not on 
No, Verizon is in the travel lane at the driveways. On the, it's in lane. I'm not sure. Do you call that lane one uh, next to the curb uh, on um, on the 111 at the driveway at the rear of Ralph's and the driveway at the front of Ralph's. Yeah, well, that's where I'm confused. If, is is it being done? Is the work being done on 111? Yes, 111. Two All manholes. Two manholes are on 111 that will take out the whole one lane in front of Ralph's. And the second one is on, or the third one is on. Why wouldn't you complete the work going, what is that, north? On lane two. On, uh, west. West on 111. Why wouldn't you complete that now? It's just a matter of uh, well, paving and, and open up two of the lanes on the, on the, yeah, the east side as fast as possible. You, you've, got a, you've got a manhole that's open on the north side of the westbound of Highway 111 at the entrance of, of, the, of the village on the north side, Ty, right there. And it, they, they've got to get rid of that first before they can go in there and pave it. So they, we have a plan to get them as fast as we can out of there, um, but there, there are a variety of complications. Well, when you talk October 15th, we're now getting into the season. Back to where we complained about from day one. Right. And the man that came in was right. It was two months after they were supposed to start that they actually started. They did not do the utility work, Mary, that you thought they did. They didn't do anything right. for two months. Mel knows that. I know that. Warren knows that. So two months went by. Now we're moving towards November. This is this is just unnecessary. We have been trying to put as many fires under the utilities as possible. It is very difficult to get to the utilities. Southern California Edison has been cooperative, like in the other project, in the undergrounding projects. The other two have been hard to get and to. And it, it's, it's not, this is not uh, just the city of Indian Wells, okay? This is Verizon throughout the count, Riverside County. Uh, for whatever reason, they have taken a position uh, that they're going to work on their schedule whenever they want to. They've been very arbitrary about everything. I'm hearing complaints from everyone. Well, it was the same thing up uh, with the undergrounding of the utilities. It was Verizon that was the problem uh, hold up up there. Well, okay. Yep. All right. Uh, Wayne, is there anything else? Okay. Um, City Council uh, reports. Uh, Mr. Hanson. For me, uh, there was RCTC meeting, but really n nothing uh, transpired there that would uh, affect uh, Coachella Valley. Most of the was Western Riverside County. I will tell you that uh, we have a special meeting of Sunline Transit Agency for Friday, uh, tomorrow, uh, special meeting to uh, select a, a new general manager. Mm -hmm. uh, we went through the interviewing process. I would like to thank the city manager and the council for allowing uh, the board of Sunline to interview uh, the candidates here. Everyone was very impressed with our facility. They were very appreciative uh, that the city allowed them to come in, spent the day, staff took care of them. Uh, they, uh, I, you know, it's accolade after accolade after accolade, guys. The only one uh, thing that we were chastised on by other council members in uh, at least three of the cities is that the city council did not have private offices as they do in their city. So other than that, we, we got through okay. But thank you all. All right. Uh, 
Councilmember Mullaney. Uh, yes, which I'm surprised that uh, Mr. Hansen left out. Uh, we had a great committee meeting, uh, and we have three new residents that are on the golf committee, uh, and it was very, very uh, intense, if you would, because it was when we were really going over the inners of the budget, uh, and Kevin here presented and Steve Rosen. Uh, one of the things that we've uh, brought up, uh, obviously everyone's always looking for new avenues of uh, creating revenue, but it's going to be on our next agenda, uh, which I don't think should be a controversial uh, item. There is going to be absolutely no change to the cost for residential golf, um, but we're going to be studying, uh, and we mean studying, uh, the history, uh, where it's gone on uh, guest fees, you know, uh, because uh, we're looking at the possibility of perhaps maybe increasing that a little bit. The only other thing I have to report on uh, uh, is that uh, I went to the Public Safety Committee meeting, SEVAG, uh, and uh, I, I guess I took uh, uh, Ted's position, but also Ty, uh, and uh, it was a fascinating meeting because uh, the fire department was there, obviously the sheriff's department, and all of the various little small police agencies, but one of the things that I found fascinating was the, uh, the chief of the fire chief uh, delivered a presentation on how they approach these fires that they have. And you know, as we look at it on television, we just kind of, at least me, I'll speak for myself, think that this is a casual approach. You know, they're sending some aircraft up, they're dropping retardant on the fire mm -hmm. and everything. But the scientific aspect of firefighting is amazing, you know, on how they approach a fire by getting uh, an aerial view of the fire, mapping it out, figuring out where the head of the fire is, where the tail of the fire is, and the approach of all of these drops are, are not casual. They're well-intended, uh, well-positioned, if you would, uh, to either head off or forge the fire into a mold that they're going to be able to control. Uh, it, it's absolutely fascinating. One question I brought up, which I've heard on news reports, uh, where the federal government, uh, because of sequester or whatever, had cut back on a lot of funding, uh, which basically was funding to clear out the fuel that some of these fires are, have grown so large on, especially the ones up north, the ones that, that we've seen uh, up there that have been going on for weeks. And, and what's interesting is the funding for the clearing out of that fuel that's on the ground, which really keeps those fires going, uh, they didn't do the clearing out because they didn't have the funding. So uh, uh, it, it was an extraordinarily good meeting. And of course, uh, we mentioned the, the number of firefighters whose lives were, were, were lost. But the thing I came away with, the greatest impression, and Mel was there with me, was the teamwork between the fire department and the sheriff's department. I mean, it's like you're talking to one military, if you would, approach to attacking, I'll use the mountain fire, was the biggest one that we had, that we had to suck in a lot of the uh, smoke from. Uh, but it was just a fascinating, uh, you know, presentation, and I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, Councilmember Peabody. Nothing to report. 
Uh, Council Member Merton's not here. I have nothing to report. City Attorney. Thank you, Mayor and Council Members. I can report as follows. The City Council convened a special meeting at 10 o'clock this morning. On the agenda was a closed session. I can report on the results as follows. The Council considered on that special meeting agenda under closed session Item 4A, 4B, 4C, 4D, the one case pertained to the development of property on the northeast corner of Highway 111 and Miles Avenue. 4E, two cases, not the four listed on the posted agenda. 4F was taken off of the agenda without discussion or action. And finally, 4G. There was no reportable action taken concerning these items. Finally, the City Council has directed the City Attorney to announce that the successor agency to the former Indian Wells Redevelopment Agency has commenced the foreclosure process concerning two notes executed in 2008 by Miles Crossing Retail LLC as payor and defaulting party with the former Indian Wells Redevelopment Agency as payee concerning certain real property located on the northeast corner of Highway 111 and Miles Avenue. Uh, finally, there's no need for any additional closed session at this current council regular meeting. Thank you. All right. Um, there being nothing else, I'd like to adjourn to a regularly scheduled meeting of the city council to be held at 1.30 p.m. on October 3rd. Thank you all. Uh, Patrick.